Welcome to the Tea Migos Podcast, the show where we talk about life while enjoying tea. Today, I talked with Robert Yannick. Robert is a film producer, music video director, and my cousin. We talk about tea, share stories of our family and childhood, discuss films and the industry, fitness, and more. Check out Robert's work on Instagram at Robert Yannick Jr. That's Robert Y-A-N-I-K-J-R, and enjoy the show. Hi, Robert. Hey, Vince. <laughs> do I have to call you Robert for this? I mean, you could just do the backstory now if you want. I mean, professionally out in the world, I go as Robert, but Vince hasn't known me as that for the majority of his life. Yeah, okay. So, backstory, Robert and I are blood brothers. Um, Whoa. We took, a, we took a blood oath when we were born. Yeah, <laughs> Our parents the made us <laughs> At the hospital made us uh, sign a blood oath. Uh, no, we're cousins. My dad and his mom are brother and sister. Whoa. I know, right? And here we are. And now you have the giant, the giantest t-ball bag. I w- if you can't see because this is an audio only podcast, but <laughs> I took it's a enormous. <laughs> it's enormous. It's enormous. It looks like a, a tiny, I mean, so it's bigger than a golf ball, tinier than a baseball. I don't, I don't know what's in between. It's a like baseball. a ski ball. I, like, you know, a the ski, ski ball. I yeah. That. Or like a pool ball, like a slightly larger yes. pool ball. That's a, that's a good way to put it. So you're just telling me your, your teacups or your, your cups you have a yeah. limited yeah yeah i made a mistake with buying this honestly it, because it's too large and like i didn't measure like who measures their cups first of all like who would ever think about that but um i just opened it up and brought it back home and like the very first cup of tea i tried to make with it like i boiled the water like had it all ready to go and then i put the water in the cup and then the tea like it didn't fit <laughs> into the cup and i was like what the fuck <laughs> um, I was like, all I do is want some tea, and then I quickly identify that there's only like four mugs that I own that it fits in, and I have yeah. like I have like a whole cabinet of mugs, so that's like, yeah, that's yeah. just the four that it works for. Mugs are one of those things that you just accumulate in life. Like, there's certain things that are like collectibles, and or remember yeah. buying any of them. Yeah, exactly, and it's like <laughs> you never buy them. They just, you just wake up, you open it up, and you're like, oh, shit, there's three more mugs in here. I yeah, swear like, <laughs> I don't even know how I've collected, because they're also, like, some of them are, like, partial sets. You could tell there's, like, three of these ones with, like, sunflowers on them, and I'm like, three's a weird number to have yeah, three. these. <laughs> like, Definitely should be more, but... Right, and then, like, I have some that's, like, an old set from my mom, and it's like all these like black ones. Uh, but then they have like a bunch of chips in them because they were an old set for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a whole collection of mugs that I I didn't buy myself. I've just gotten them, and then and then just a shitload of random ones like corporate gifts. Mugs are always a real big thing. I yeah. have like four different company, five different company mugs. And I don't know. Anyways, we're getting a lot <laughs> about mugs, and it really isn't that interesting. <laughs> it is though. That's what the people are here for. You're on a tea podcast. That's I mean, yeah, are- but we could talk about. I guess a mug is a big part of tea, but I mean, supposedly this is like going deep into tea. Um, I mean, you could probably just use it with your hands. <laughs> Scoop up the hot water with. Your hands. Um, no, supposedly like. Whether you use like a glass, so like, like just like a normal glass type, like that, 
or like a ceramic mug, it does affect mm. the flavor. I don't know much about that, but I've seen videos on people. Well, I have a ceramic mug. Yeah. And so I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but... It's I don't know. The TM drinking is like... It's, it's some strawberry... Yeah, what do you, yeah. stuff. What are you drinking? It's called like strawberry. strawberry meadows green tea, but it's like okay. from the this spice and tea trading company that like is yeah. Disney or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but uh, Vince, as as Vince knows, I'm a very big like fruit forward tea person. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't mind a cup of like green tea, but like Earl Grey is honestly like why? It's just dirty water. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you. I've discovered with Earl Grey. Either you love it or completely despise it. There's so many people that are they, they talk mad shit about Earl Grey. You know, and it's funny because I've had like Earl Grey ice cream or stuff made with like Earl yeah, Grey, and it like good. tastes good. Yeah. But when I sit down and like get a cup of Earl Grey, no, like why why even bother? See, I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the team where I, I do like it. and But I can see there's a perfuminess to it that people, I think, like um, Sierra, my, my girlfriend, she her roommate talks mad shit about it. She's like, you're basically drinking a bottle of any grandma's pure perfume. And I'm like, oh, that's... <laughs> see, I don't even get the perfume of it. I, I okay. literally just like don't taste anything it, it literally tastes like you put like a little bit of dirt and some water like wow for me. okay that's like, actually a, that's new it's like very earthy or I, I don't know i'm just not into it i'm like yeah. this, why this isn't tea or maybe it is tea but it is tea <laughs> like <laughs> you're wrong it is tea it's a uh, it's black tea with uh, bergamot oil that's the that's what earl gray typically it just tastes like the earth is. tastes like that's the earth I, see never got dirty water if you want to taste the earth, I got some teas, some herbal teas. No, for I, you I don't. I don't want to. That's not generally what I'm looking for in a tea. <laughs> you want some mud? I, I, I can scoop up some mud for you. Yeah, I just love to chew it. Really, like a thick, thick tea. Yes. Yeah. So, does your tea have strawberries actually in it, or is it flavored with? Oh no, no, no! I, I did. I, I was uh, thinking ahead of this. I looked at the ingredients. Um, there you go. In the mix, and it it says natural strawberry flavoring, so whatever natural that means. But flavors. everything else in it was like organic green tea, black tea, mm. currants. Um, mm, there were some like, like blue flowers in it. So blue corn flowers. I think yeah. That's um, yeah. That's typically a. I don't know why, but that is typically something because I. Well, I guess I haven't had corn flour by itself, um, but I don't think it does much. It has it to do pretty. something. It looks yeah, they, pretty. And it looks pretty. <laughs> they, it does you get look. to put some blue shit in your tea. Um, yeah. It probably adds, like, a good color. Because, like, I'll say, like, I mean, this is a black mug. But, like, yeah. against, like, the... It's, like, a deeper green tea than what I would consider normal green tea would probably look like. Like, it's, like, very green. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always... So, for me, I've kind of, obviously, after these past two years of really diving into tea... I've gotten to become like a tea snob to a sense where it's I can taste when something has natural flavoring in it and it mm. lingers in my mouth and it ruins the experience for me. I'll be honest. Um, I mean, it's not the same I mean, same sentiment though, but like I've been really turned on to this like soda brand called Spindrift. I don't know if you've had them no. or not. This is not an ad plug, by the way. Um, yeah, they're not a they're not a paid sponsor. This is not a paid sponsorship. This is just me strictly being like as a person that like 
I got like really about my health over the last couple of years or like last year or so and then yeah. like stopped drinking like pretty much anything that had sugar in it and like something that I always like liked was like having some sort of soda like like whether it was I don't, know, I don't even know but it I don't know I just like cut soda out and mm. I started doing like the whole LaCroix stuff and honestly like it's a band-aid it's like it's, a, it's like it's the whatever the essence of a lemon queef is yeah, in dude, your, just, is in your water and so many people love it and That's i get so it but it's like like no this is like i don't know like i got like uh, i tried like a black raspberry one recently and like i took a sip of it and i was like this tastes like the aftertaste of cough syrup <laughs> And, and i was like saying that to one of my friends and she was like no i love that one i was like you can have the case like i i will not drink these anymore but anyways uh, why i like spindrift is it's like their whole you know it's another seltzer craze type of thing but what they do is they um like blend like very small amounts of like real fruit into it so it isn't just like like so like the one i buy all the time is like lime or whatever and in like an eight pack of yeah. the it's a 12 ounce cans or whatever but in an eight pack there's like a total of two squeezed limes um between it all and so it's like enough that like it gives you like a good like lime flavor or like fruit flavor but yeah. like it's not artificial flavoring so and all of the cans are like under 10 calories um so i, I don't know it's been something that i really enjoy um yeah they have a whole bunch of them they have like a raspberry lime um that one's like kind of pulpy though if you're into mm. that, uh, interesting. Because so it, like, it actually kind of has the fruit juice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's like legitimately like just seltzer water blended with fruit juice or blended interesting. fruit. Yeah, in a can. And I'm just like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about kombucha? Um, I'm a big fan of kombucha actually. Uh, I think it's like pretty pretty good. I know there's like, um, you know, there's a lot of tea, probiotics, and stuff. I usually drink like one a week. Um, it's kind of like a gut regulator. Yeah. Uh, but also you kind of run into like really high sugar in some of those, um, um yeah. and, and yeah. stuff. So you gotta be a little careful. I mean, it's better than drinking soda. Um, mm-hmm. but I think in the long run you shouldn't drink them like every day. Yeah. I don't, I mean, yeah, it kind of depends. Like you said, there's, there's a few, few brands. I'll give a plug to, uh, my boy Jack at ComCom. Um, he's Chicago based. If you've. I don't know. Have you tried his stuff? If I mentioned his stuff to you, I don't know. I've okay. tried quite a few, so I may have like unwillingly. May, yeah, he's he's a small business right now. So and he is in a few shops. I can't. I know he's in like a Lululemon somewhere. Um, I don't know a, lo- a lot of different locations, but yeah, he his stuff. I'll be honest. So for people who don't like kombucha, he's managed to make a kombucha that is really good like it's like i like kombucha i kind of like the vinegary type taste that people often Mm. associate with it but he's i don't know he's done it well enough where you don't get that is there a i get i hear people a lot of times complain about the smell like that it Mm -hmm. smells like like a microbiology or like that's happening (laughs) like 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 an experiment yeah (laughs) yeah um which like I could definitely see that because sometimes I open one I was like that does kind of smell like a hospital, <laughs> um, but I, I don't know it never tastes like that to me. Um, yeah, it always tastes like really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them like you like you said with the uh, black cherry or whatever flavor that was. It's like they have a little bit of an aftertaste that's mm-hmm. a little mediciney. 
Um, so it's I'm starting to find the brands that I like and and move towards those because I think, like you said, the the kombucha has its place. Um, it's a little expensive, so I don't always buy it for myself. Right. It's um, like four dollars for a bottle. Yeah, which <laughs> which is rough. I do have a scoby um, that Jack gifted me, so I've tried making my own kombucha a few times. Oh. <laughs> I'm, not, the- I'm just not about that process like i my one friend in uh like right after college like the my friend maddie that i used to roommate yeah. with um she tried to get into like making vinegar vinegar yeah and it was that. like the grossest <laughs> fucking thing ever not maybe ever but like oh my god like she had it had to like we had this cabinet for it and it was yeah. like because it had to be in a dark place and first of all vinegar takes like six to ten months to make Correct. so i don't know like she got this like idea put together like um and you guys use a lot of vinegar like was that i don't know i like <laughs> i don't know we went through like i don't know she went through like some phases every once in a while and be like oh i'm gonna do this like she got a, i don't want to like shit talk but she got like a really big juicing cleanse like one time yeah she spent, I don't even know how much money, like, buying, like, an industrial-grade juicer, and, like, I, I mean, she came back from the store one time, like, 12 bags of fruit and vegetables, like, so much shit, and she's like, <laughs> I'm gonna juice now, and I was like, okay, and um, I think it lasted for four days, because oh, also no. the juice, the juicer would get, like, really caked up with shit, because yeah. it was, like... I don't know, it was just blending things super fast. And I, yeah. I don't know. But um, she got tired of cleaning it. And so, like, it was very, very short-lived. Um, but anyways, same thing with the vinegar. Like, it all got happened, and you have to, like, let this whole process exist where, like, it builds, like, what's called the mother. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this very disgusting, gelatinous-looking thing that, like, yeah. creates the vinegar taste. Yep. Uh, and then you're supposed to, like basically once you create the mother you don't ever have to do it again and you can just like put water in and yeah. it like the mother will continue to just make vinegar for a very very long time yeah um but i don't know we didn't have the patience for it it never actually happened and my whole takeaway from this is like for two dollars you can go to the store and buy this <laughs> instead we're going to wait 10 months to just like maybe use this shit vinegar that like may or may not come out correct because we're trying it for the first yeah. guys like just go like <laughs> just go just go to the it's store like, and go get it especially vinegar like you said vinegar is so cheap <laughs> it's right. so cheap and you get so much of it right. and if for the, the the roi there is just not great no it's there's so many things the only thing i would say is like that maybe not the only thing, but what I'd say is really worth it is like growing your own herbs. Like I'm, that's worth the wait yes. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about that. I actually just planted um, the garden last night right. when it was it's like a hundred degrees here. So I chose like a, a beautiful day to to do that. But that's why I, that's why I had to delay getting on uh, on this with you. I was oh, no, making my good. my Instagram post about it, but. Um, yeah, I know. I got some. I have a very small herb garden. So if you remember on the side of my house, I have those uh, on the windowsills, those, what do you call them? Buckets that like you can hold flowers. That flower pots? <laughs> flower pots, sure. But like flower like, buckets? I'm, flower buckets that attach to your window. <laughs> um, and so I've, I made that my little herb garden. And then I have my actual garden. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, right now where I live, I don't have yeah. like enough direct sunlight to have a, a little garden. UV lamp. Maybe. Well, I'm moving in on July 15th. Um, Is that official? Like we're yeah, just signed the lease yesterday, dude. 
Congrats. I know. I was Congrats. I was going to text you yesterday, but I was like, wait, no, we're doing the podcast. Yeah, we're doing the podcast. Yeah, after uh, what I would consider to be like a nerve-wracking search, because I just always hate looking for places. Um, yeah. And like, I don't know about you, but I get very in my head, like when I'm like, is this the right decision? Like, should mm-hmm. I be waiting for another better place to come up? But then I'll be like, well, if I wait too long, this place might go and this might be the best place that I get. So like, yep. do I move now on the Like, and I just get very like, so I only like put in a few offers. Um, and then like, uh, this one came back yesterday and they accepted me for like a two year lease. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do this shit. Um, very excited. I'm calling this my, my big boy apartment for those yeah. of you tuning in because I've lived in basically what I consider to be squalor for the last four years. <laughs> yeah, um, nice studio. Like, is that a studio? Yeah. It that's... is a studio apartment. I would not consider it nice. Um, I was... it's, it's, I, I think the, the aesthetic of like you walk in and the crumbling ceiling that really brings it together. <laughs> That's like the lobby of my building That's, just yeah. like had no ceiling and a crumbling wall for like seven or eight months. And uh, like yeah. one of their solutions, I don't know if you were there when they did this or not, but one of their solutions for a while is they just put a tarp over it. I think you told me or something. <laughs> and I was like, I never like, saw it. What the fuck? Like you guys just like the building's falling and you're just like put a tarp over it. Well, <laughs> like, like, I can't see it's not there. And so, yeah, um, I, I don't know this 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 unit what can i say about it um first of all it's like i said it's 450 square feet there are three radiators in this unit so like when it was the winter i have to always keep a window cracked even when it's like negative degrees in the chicago because if i don't it gets over 92 degrees in my apartment because why is there this many radiators in one yeah. spot i have no idea <laughs> And then the exact opposite is during the summer, where it, like, retains absolutely no, like, chill. Like, I have a window unit that's going 24 hours a day, because if I turn it off, not even 40 minutes, and it will be, like, over 80 degrees again and, like, baking in my apartment. So, um, anyways, it's a small, uh, small apartment. It's also not up to fire code in Chicago. You're supposed to have two exits, and I only have one. So, like, if the fire's on the other side of the door, it just, I just die. There's no other... I mean, you uh, have a window. Wait, are your windows like graded? Like, no, they're, they're not graded, but they're okay. elevated. Like, I mean, I would just like yeah, like, you break. Okay, you break, break a, a few leg. legs, break an ankle. <laughs> like, just don't land on your head, and you're fine. Right, right. Yeah. But there's no like fire escape or any yeah. sort of like I've thought about it before, and like I think maybe the buildings are close enough that I could like Spider Man my way. Oh down. yeah, like, in between. <laughs> yeah, you know, shimmy your way down. I, I get that. right, but um. You know, anyways, so this apartment is small. Um, also, there's just, like, maybe it comes with city living, but, like, cockroaches have always been a thing. Um, when I first moved in, the bugs were so bad that I, like, was tweeting. And I don't have a Twitter anymore, so you can't find this shit. But yeah. I was tweeting, um, like, a little sign that said, number of days without bugs in my apartment to my property management group. <laughs> <laughs> Like every day, and I would just it would just always say zero because because <laughs> it never changed. That's fantastic. Uh, Did they ever reply? No. Oh no, that would have. But been. it's out there, and I was just like, "Yo, if you ever want to know, like, dude, you should have kept that group. going. <laughs> that would have been hilarious." Well, like, 
years with that. I don't know, like, you know, this could be me making some leap to, leaps and bounds with my education, because I want to say at some point in science, when I was growing up in biology, like, when you kill a bug, it gives off some sort of pheromones that tell other bugs, like, of its species or whatever, like, yo, this area ain't that. cool. But whatever. Yeah. I again, I could be making a leap where I might be mm-hmm. sounding really dumb right now. Um, I've heard it, and I, I, I studied science. <laughs> I'm like, I've heard that. Sure, I'll but go. I convinced myself that I killed enough bugs that like there was enough pheromones in my apartment because I stopped seeing them for a while, um, and I was like, maybe the other bugs just know. Like, oh no, no, you'll die if you go there. Yeah, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> it's like. Too many pheromones. Like, okay, like, like picking up on this. They're learning, adapting. Right, 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 right. So, um, anyways, long story short, I finally signed a new lease. Uh, yeah, where you at? And a new Where's apartment. So, I'm gonna be um, like right downtown, like two blocks south of uh, the Sears Tower. Damn. Yeah, and um, I'm on, like, the, the Willis 30- Tower. Please refer to it as its oh, proper name. Sorry, no. Um, it's been the Sears Tower, always will be the Sears Tower. I think they're already. I think it's actually been changed again. I don't even think it's the Willis the Tower. tower. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like the Blackstone Tower now or something. Cause, Ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's, it's the Sears Tower. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll be there. It's on like the 33rd floor of this building, and I have like a sick view. I'm like very, very excited. Yeah, um, so you. you'll have to come uh, yes. and and stay because I mean like. Now it's the place to be. I'm like 15 minute walk from River North, from South mm-hmm. Loop, from West Loop, from like everything. It's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm planning. Well, I say I'm planning. Sierra and I are talking about coming. You heard it here first, folks. What was that? You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, we heard it here first. Eh, who knows? Maybe if I don't know if I'm gonna upload this podcast. Just it's with you. May as well not. Just kind of wanna. Yeah, I wanna waste your time as always. Yeah, so the history of Bobby and I... Uh, yeah, I don't even think I called you Bobby at the beginning. No, you this didn't. This is Bobby, not Robert to me. Um, but yeah, we have a history of... It's like a, a hate-hate relationship where oh, we so like hate. to... We like to basically challenge each other by dragging each other as far down as possible. I think that's the best way of putting Correct. it. Correct. And I still haven't found rock bottom, so... You yeah, keep going. No, we're still, exactly, exactly. We're, we're trying. We're trying to drag each other far enough down where, I mean, rock bottom for both of us might have been the fudge that we made, but <laughs> that, but looking past that, that was, a, that was a group effort. The start of the decline. I think that's when we realized that we needed to go separate paths and bring each other down. <laughs> Correct. Were we on the same path at that point? <laughs> I think... I don't know. Basically, we we made fudge when we were like I don't know. You were like five, and I was seven, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little, I don't know around that yeah, age. Something. You know, sure. yeah. Very highly educated, very mm-hmm. highly skilled. Um, and we were at our grandma's house in Park Ridge, Illinois. And uh, I don't know. We we just yeah. I don't even know what came over us. I think we were bored because you know it was the it's the late nineties. Yeah. Things were yeah. It was people, it was like kids still went outside. Y, it was Y two K. Yeah, like kids still went outside. Um, you know, it wasn't about like put an iPad in front of like iPads were around and stuff. So like we were like at our grandma's house and like, you know, grandma, grandma's look awesome, but eventually you get bored. Um, and we got bored and we, I think decided to make some fudge or whatever. Oh, I remember because I am with my other grandma, my dad's mom, um, would make fudge with her. And I was like, I know how to make fudge. So we were going to try to make fudge together and we 
did not know how to make fudge. I wish I had the ingredients list, but imagine like you're blindfolded and you open up a refrigerator door and someone's like, hey, grab the first five things that you can touch. <laughs> That's That was how we went about this fudge. It was like what? chopped, but we just were making fudge no matter what the ingredients were. <laughs> was there chocolate? Probably not. Was there any sort of sweetness? Probably not. <laughs> but it I want to say we put peanut butter in it and like yeah. maple syrup. I, and maple then, syrup for <laughs> sure was in there. That's like the one ingredient for some reason that stands out. I know was in there. Yeah, but then we put like spices. Like yeah, I think like that's when we messed pepper up. Pepper and like uh-huh. chili powder and stuff and like oh, and our sweet grandmother. She she ate it. <laughs> she ate it. <laughs> she ate it. <laughs> Which it didn't even come together as fudge. It was like still quite liquidy. <laughs> it was <laughs> like. <laughs> Zero fudge in the, like it was yeah. basically like a spicy sweet sauce that was probably disgusting. That makes it sound better than I, than it was. <laughs> a spicy sweet sauce, it's like oh, you can maybe throw that in like an Asian dish or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, that was the beginning and end of our uh, culinary career as a duo. Yeah, that you were. I did, am I mistaken? I feel like you wanted to go into culinary. Oh, at one for point, I like thought yeah. I was gonna like own a catering company because i like liked cooking so much yeah but then i like quickly realized that if you like cook all the, i would probably end up hating cooking if i cooked all the time especially like cooking on a mass scale for like catering yes I and like imagine. now as a full-blown adult like yo the money isn't there <laughs> like there's much <laughs> much easier ways to make yeah. money there's better ways for than catering no offense but there's a caterer out there i mean hey maybe you're well, doing it maybe you're killing it really competitive it's yeah but it sounds competitive i mean i feel like the way to go so i know some people who i don't know if this is considered catering but like they're like personal chefs for people and they make kind of like they meal prep for that's, people that's the way to go yeah because and you that's sounds... a lot of clients and you're yep. only doing like small batch is of food yeah. whereas yeah. like catering like you have to one have access to just a kitchen that can handle that much food mm-hmm. especially if it's like a large event or something like it just became so like wow this is way more work than i care to do like for cooking yeah. and i i don't think that i would enjoy it as much and some people truly do like the like all the hype around like doing something like that i bet um but i've also like catered some parties from for people before oh, and have. i've done like nothing over like 50 or 60 people and i've done like all the cooking at their house and stuff yeah. and it's so much work and so much effort and like i don't really have that much fun yeah (laughs) i don't even know like that many people my mind goes to grilling or like chili or something that's i i feel like i could make on a mass scale but even still like pasta that's like well and it's like a lot of it you gotta think about timing of like yeah people want to eat their meal like how they normally eat their meal and like some of this stuff takes a lot longer to cook so you sometimes you have to pre-prep it you have to like time it out where it's like you know, how do I get a hundred chicken breasts done at the same time or roughly the same time? Yeah. So it's all still like hot enough and people are going to be able to get it, you know, or whatever it is. Like, I, I don't know. Um, that's one thing I'm excited about the new apartment is like I used to, and I haven't been able to for the last couple of years um, because just my current apartment is too small, mm-hmm. but I used to host like Friendsgiving, like every okay. year, like a week nice. or two before actual Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and at least the way that I do it is I just charge everyone to come and I, take care of everything like that's and nice. cook everything yeah. i have all the drinks if you want to bring drinks great but i'll have drinks like set up and it's just like you just come and pay for the for the night and then you just come to my house yeah. um and we have fun 
Because um, part of it, my friends think it's really nice, but honestly, it's because I'm like so type A when it comes to hosting that like I just want the things to be the way that I want them to be. So like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like something that's really like a hot button issue for me is mashed potatoes. I like Ooh. my mashed potatoes smooth, and some people don't make them smooth. And if you're gonna like do a potluck yeah. and someone fucks up the mashed potatoes, I'm like, no. This is all wrong. I'm not even going to enjoy this meal. Uh, um, so, you know, I fix that by saying, like, I just do it all. Just just pay. And you know what? Most people don't care and they don't want to cook yeah. anyways so that yeah. I can make it however I want to make it. Yeah. I was going to say that's a – yeah, you kind of completely eliminate that problem. And, yeah, if people are not – I don't know. I think the majority of people want to avoid the least amount of work, I would say. So. Yeah. They'd be willing to throw in like twenty bucks or whatever it is to. Uh, I usually to I usually charge like thirty thirty for yeah. the night. And did you say you get the drinks too, or they yeah. BYOB? Oh yeah. wow, yeah. I'm like thirty bucks for like a homemade dinner and some cocktails. Yeah, y'all you're got gonna, it. In Chicago, you're not gonna <laughs> right. you're not gonna find that. Y'all got it. Do I? I should probably upcharge now because there's a view. That's true. That's true. Depend. Yeah, where you're I'm at, location, view. So looking forward to though, because I can have a grill. On, I have like a little balcony, so I can have a grill nice. on it. And um, I just, I'm so looking forward to grilling again. I haven't yeah. been able to grill in so long. Yeah, I still have yet to pull the trigger and buy buy a grill. I oh. have not. Uh, Mine will be fire. just like a little a Weber grill, just a little. Yeah, one. just just something little. Like that's honestly, I mean, and I have a, I have a yard. I have shit. I have space. My my balcony is. Uh, Four and a half feet by seven and a half feet. So <laughs> okay, you can yeah, you can lay like down in there. Twenty-four square feet. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can you can like put a, a twin size mattress on that and roll around. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we're gonna be doing. <laughs> I think that's the future. Maybe rent it out as an Airbnb, and <laughs> that's. I mean, truly, what I believe I'm going to be putting out there is like the grill and a chair. With a small end <laughs> a table, chair. Well, I mean, for, for yourself, me, yeah, the balcony was, was about being able to get up in the morning and just go drink some coffee outside. Yes. Like that—that that was the major. Oh, on the like, 30, 33rd or whatever floor, like you said, yeah. that's a that's a beautiful. Which way are you facing? Uh, south facing. So south facing. Okay. Um, because of where the building is, like I don't see like the majority of downtown, but you yeah. have a huge view of like all of South Loop, this like cool. huge park, the south branch of the river, and then if you look to your um, left, you can see the lake yeah. like down from it. Yeah, so yeah. I mean it's it's really a gorgeous view. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited to have that for, for two years. If I was north facing you'd see like the whole city. I was gonna say yeah, because you said you're like two blocks south of the Sears Tower. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like the in between kind of the Sears Tower is like the south of like the big city yeah like skyscrapers and then it starts like kind of um yeah diminishing in building size so nice but i'm like the location is like it's so central to everything like i would literally probably just uber walk and by uber i mean it's like the shortest uber drivers yeah like that i mean and you're so close to union station if you need to get out of the city for any reason and yeah i mean i'll have a parking spot too at this building so I'm, that's, I'm excited. <laughs> that's nice considering the car troubles this winter. Oh my god. I, the frozen tundra block of I'm car so ice. excited to not like I can't I think if I actually added up all of the tickets and toes that I've had, like on an annual basis, it will still be more than what the annual or the monthly parking is gonna be for this building. Ew. Because <laughs> that's I'm terrible. 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 Did I tell you, like, I went on a bachelor trip, like, a couple of weeks ago, 
uh, to Lake of the Ozarks, did I tell you that my like car got towed literally the morning that I was like leaving to drive down to Missouri? Oh no, not even in Missouri yet. You got towed. Oh, I was in Chicago. I was yeah. in Chicago, and I was like, I was driving down two other um, dudes on the trip, yeah. and they because they were from Chicago too, and uh, I was hyping them up all week. I was like, I've I've looked at the routes. I know exactly where we're gonna be. Like, I'm gonna come pick you guys up at nine fifteen and nine thirty. Like, I already know, and then we'll get down there at like four thirty five. You know, blah, blah blah. We'll hit dinner, like, and we'll be able to like start drinking, like. And we weren't able to get into the house until four o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> anyways, that we were there. So I was oh, like, okay. we're gonna be there, yeah, like, perfect. right, like at the start of everything. Yeah. Perfect. Um, because I I don't know, but this is like my first trip with not my parents in COVID, and I was just like so ready to be like a dumbass and just yeah. like do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and it was a good group of guys. But anyways, um, so I was like all hyped up, ready to go. And I got up on the Thursday morning that we were supposed to drive down. And uh, I like walked around my neighborhood for a fucking hour and 20 minutes being like, my car was here. Where the <laughs> fuck did I put it? Like, did I misplace my car? Did I like maybe move it somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. And then I kept looking up on like the Chicago's like traffic website or whatever. Of, like, did they tow it? Did they, like, locate it or whatever? And then nothing was coming up. So I was like, well, maybe it's not towed. Like, maybe I just don't remember where I parked it or whatever. So yeah. I, like, walked around forever and ever. And then I finally, like, walked through this... Or not walked through, but I, like, went to this website. And then it brought me to a different website that was through, like, the Department of Sanitation. And they relocated my car. And I was like, what the fuck? And then where that got relocated was in a tow zone, so then my car got towed from there. Um, oh. And I was like, wow, fuck this city, because yeah. you know you were fucking doing this when you did yeah. this. So then I had to go to the tow lot, deal with all that shit, get mm-hmm. my car out of the tow lot, scrape all the stupid numbers that they put on it, because um, when they when your, heart, when your car gets towed in Chicago, they write all these like wax numbers all over it that like identify the car. And um, they don't come off with water or anything. You have to scrape them off uh, from the car. So I had to like pull off to the side, scrape my car down. I finally pick up these dudes. It's like 1.15, like four hours after I wanted to leave. Right on time. <laughs> oh my God. I was so pissed because it was like a seven hour drive. Yeah. Um, and so then we finally got down there and like all the other dudes were already there. They had already had dinner. I was like, this is exactly what I didn't want to happen. Uh, um, You know, blah, blah, blah. So we got in there, and then I literally took 14 shots in, like, two and a half hours. Because I was like, today fucking sucked. (laughs) And I was like, and I'm just going to not remember this. Um, And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good night. And then I couldn't drink liquor the rest of the trip. Yeah, that's... Natural, 14 shots in two hours. You no, know, we went at it as if we were college, like, <sighs> kids. thing anymore. And, yeah. like, then on day two, like, <laughs> we were all, like, kind of getting drunk again after we just had, like, a very ridiculous day one. And yeah. everyone got way too drunk. Um, and on day two, we were all starting to get drunk again. And <laughs> one dude was just like, dude, my back is really hurting. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, because we're all in our late 20s, early 30s, and this is not okay anymore. <laughs> It's the those hangovers of if I drink all day now, 
the hangovers are so terrible. Like, what happened? Dude, like, you should have seen the like the strategy because on like the the last night that we were there, yeah. we had not gone out at all. Like, we just kept like day drinking on the boat and like doing all these bars like off the boat. Yeah, and 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 we never like went out at night. We just like stayed at the house and just get like really drunk or whatever. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> on the last night we were there, the groom was like, "We should go out tonight. We should go out tonight. Like, I'd love to like actually dress up and like go." Hit like a strip of bars or whatever like let's go out and so we we're like okay let's do that he was saying all this in the morning well then we like started drinking at 9 30 in the morning like with breakfast and and blah blah and i was like okay well we already know where this is going yeah and, and blah, blah, blah. So we went out for the day and like I, I don't know we got like you know very very drunk and and stuff and then like we're coming back in for the afternoon and he it's like 4 30 and he's like all right, all right, this is the groom. And he's like, okay, we're just going to take like a quick 45-minute power nap. And I was like, kiss of death right here. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's and, it. Uh, he's like, we're going to take a quick 45-minute power nap, and then I want to like get ready and, and go out. And uh, I was like, okay. <laughs> and not even a minute after I he said all that, this other dude leads over to me. He goes, hey. And I was like, what? He's like, we're not going out. And I was like, no, we're not going out. He's no. like, okay, just wanted to see that you're also on the same page. And I was like, yeah, we're not going out. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. So then we all have this power nap or whatever. And um, the groom gets up at like, you know, 530, whatever. And he uh, he's like, all right, quick vibe check. Like, who wants to go out? Everyone unanimously was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, all right, so we're not going out. Like, oh, no. Hey, I'm impressed that he actually got up, though, at that 45-minute mark. I mean, he was gone still. Oh, yeah. But, but like, like, the amount of the amount of times I've said I will hit, like, an, or I'll, like, 45 minutes, and then I'll wake up, like, four hours later, and my alarm's just going off. It's been going off for, like, three hours, three and a half hours. And I'm like, oh, oh this is bad. <laughs> so I'm impressed I mean, I thought... I thought that's what was going to happen, but he, like, stumbled down the stairs, like, still shit-faced from yeah. the day, and was like, all right, I'm up. Like, you guys want to go? And <laughs> vibe just, check. And he's like, vibe check, vibe check. And I was like, nah, man. Like, no. <laughs> no. We're all we're all done. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, we still stayed up until, like, 4 a.m., but we just was, we're at the yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've, I'm team day drinking now and going to bed at a, at a crisp like 11 oh, yeah. or 10 p.m. Ooh, that's even too late, dude. I'm <laughs> like, too- I'm like 8 p.m. out. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I just drank for 11 hours today. It's time but, for bed. Yeah, depending on <laughs> like, the the start time of the day drink. Yeah, 8 p.m. could be could be that time. But it's like for me, if I force myself to stay up that Sunday or Saturday morning, is this gonna be? horrid and like no i'm not gonna i'm not i mean is yours still just one day because if i do that it's like two days no no i've i've definitely if it's a if it's a day drink um into a night drink it's a two-dayer for sure and then what i've what i've talked with drew about he's a buddy of mine um there is now this gloom of depression that comes with the hangover it's not just a physical hangover Okay, I've You're been depressed. saying this for years. It's getting mental. drunk. No, getting drunk is just borrowing happiness from the next day. That's, I was like, that's an Uncle Bob. That's that's your dad. I've heard that for, <laughs> for years. He took it from me. 
Oh, I, I, I didn't oh, I know this. Oh, I started saying this in high school. And <laughs> but you didn't drink in high school because no, no. underage. Yeah. No, never drink in high school. Mm-hmm. Our family doesn't start doing shots at 14 at Thanksgiving. What? It- uh- <laughs> <laughs> and on to the next talk. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I used to tell my dad, like, growing up, not growing up, <laughs> when I was in high school. <laughs> And then going out beyond that, um, I was like, getting drunk is just borrowing happiness from the next day. Um, And that's truly what it is. Like, you're just mortgaging your happiness. Like, you get really happy when you're drunk, and then the next day you're just like, why do I hate myself? You were were a wise high schooler. I don't think I ever experienced, thought about something like that in high school. I was, uh, I'm like now starting to realize it. And um, yeah, it it prevents me from wanting to drink much anymore. Oh, yeah. After the bachelor trip, I mean, as one would assume after going on a four-day bender, like, I was like, I don't need to do this for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I wish there was, like, uh, I'm trying to experiment with alcohol because some alcohols, or there are some days I I have, like, the worst hangovers and, like, I've barely drank, like, or when I quote-unquote barely drank, like, not, not as many hours. And then there's other days I drink, like, all day, I wake up and, you know, it's like, manageable all right cool i'm like i would say is it mixing do you mix? no that's that has never been a thing for me mixing has either it's all over the place it'll sometimes it'll so yeah sometimes be good sometimes i don't know for me it's mixing like as soon as i mix more than two like i could do like one liquor and one like like a beer like i could do like white claws all day and then also do vodka all day or something like that Mm -hmm. but if i did like white claws vodka tequila I'm going to be really bad. Add another, yeah. like, the more I add on top of, like, two, it's just, yeah. like, you want to kill yourself today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- I really think that there is something to it as well. I think there's, like, quality. Like, a quality alcohol, I think I do have a, a less of a hangover. So, I'm like, Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's it's worth, like, yeah. Because I, I remember, well, granted, this was, I was pulling. So, like, that in, inherently is just asking for a hangover. But I was pulling, like cheap ass brandy one night and the next like two days yeah was just like eh, <laughs> i don't want this i, I mean i'm not surprised that you're this. pulling because um one time at a fourth of july party i walked up to vince and his friends at the time and they were playing a drinking game and i asked them what drinking game are you playing and vince looks at me he goes it's called polar pass and i was like and how do you play? Because, well, you either pull or you pass it on to the next person. I was like, this is the dumbest fucking game I've ever heard. This is just binge drinking in a circle. <laughs> That's not a game. That's not a game. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's binge drinking. That's called alcoholism. <laughs> binge drinking in a circle. No, no, it's a fun game. No, this is, there's no competition. There's no Sometimes game. you switch positions. <laughs> pull or pass. What? <laughs> You just you just didn't get it, Bobby. You didn't you didn't get it, Robert. That's uh, that's yeah. <laughs> you were you were too old. Yeah, so us. old, so yeah. old. Yeah, no, those um those weekends <laughs> at the at the lake house were were good ones. Those were. Um, oh yeah. I was thinking about uh, gathering the troops again for a, a weekend if my parents allow it, because now it's their home residence, obviously. Oh, I know. That so would be if a... they if they would allow it. Um, I was thinking of gathering the troops and doing a, a weekend. Up. Hey, I mean, if we get your brother involved, we'll just set up some teepees out in, like, the preserve 
Dude, did so I don't know if you know, my parents are well, actually my mom, which of all of all people, she's all about and my brother's all on board now. She's all about like setting up like these compounds within the the yard. So my parents place huge yard, like you have there's a lot of like forest and and open mm-hmm. space. And my mom wants to get like a ti- like tiny homes now, like oh built into God. the forest, like in in just like these like nooks and crannies with Why? I, right and that's what i i've asked her i'm like why like, like what's the purpose like we don't even have that many guests over i was saying like i know you guys host often but also when you guys host there's always room we, right now we have we have so many bedrooms like we have <laughs> so many bedrooms and so stuff why ready. and so <laughs> and she's just like hell bad she's like i don't know and i don't care like fuck it i just want Welcome this to the lapalusa campground yeah <laughs> and my <laughs> brother's like hell yeah he's like this is what i've been asking for let's let's start a commune let's do this <laughs> And oh my god oh my god Are, is your family like starting a small cult this is how it starts this is how it starts <laughs> um i just don't know what the foundation would be i mean i can't think of what it would be yeah what it would be based in I, i've never started a cult but yeah, me neither so <laughs> this is good though like you know I, this could be something um I mean, I could let's. I could just be the er, the herbalist and tea supplier. Herbalist. Yeah, and um, you know, have you have you seen uh, Midsummer? Oh yes. I've yeah. Seen. So like, you know, when they like when you first come, they like offer you like a tea or like a beverage. Mm-hmm. I'll just be that guy, so and you're, then you're I'll just drug you for yeah. the <laughs> extended stay that you have. You're gonna and, love it here, and you're gonna love it here. <laughs> and then we sacrifice nine and make one the May Queen. I think it's that simple. I think that's yeah. what the cult's based in. Yeah. So you guys are just going to be Midsommar now. Yeah. I, I cool, think cool, so. Cool, 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 cool. I didn't know you guys... <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Uh, you know, we need one of those polls. Impact. Those, like, I didn't know it had such an impact on your family, but... Uh. I did watch it with my mom. I watched that movie, and, um, you know, it. I took away a lot of life lessons. I really liked the symbolism of being killing the bear, being in the bear, and then being killed in the bear. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't put that before. Um, but yeah, spoiler alert. A, I already said it. But spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. alert. I, I just said the thing. <laughs> people die. Yeah, things happen. People die. <laughs> things happen. And people Midsommar. die. Yeah, it's a it's a wild movie. Um, yeah, but it is. what's your favorite movie? Such a tough question. Such a such. A I guess top three maybe. Ah, uh, even tougher. Um, oh, I like to pick. I like to pick movies by like, like not genre, but yeah. Um, okay, like I, one yeah. I always went back to, and I don't even know if this is my favorite movie anymore because they're just like new ones that I like go back to often now. But um, growing up, one that I watched all the time was The Day After Tomorrow. I I just yeah, love I think disaster I movies. Yeah, you did. Yeah, um, and stuff. And I just I I loved that one. Um, and I just like watching the scenes with all the freezing, instant freezing and stuff. Mm, I just thought it was mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, I like to do right now is like um, what I used to do, like song of the week or movie of the month or like whatever type of thing. Like, I think it's a better way to describe what I would what I would like to say is like a very millennial and like younger person thing where like I think people adapt certain songs or certain films or certain TV shows based on yeah. like whatever they're interested in in that like current month or like yeah span of three months and then you kind of fade in and out you know depending whatever it is um and so like i for me it started with songs because i always have like 
one or two songs that I'm like constantly like humming or whatever. And then that switches up based on like whatever song I'm like switching it into. So I used to call that my song of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say like my movie of the month right now that I've like, I've literally watched it three times in a week and a half where I'm like, fuck, I need to just keep, this is so good is Cruella on Disney I've plus. Heard. I've heard it good things. So good. Interesting. So I've heard it's like kind of, um, just a grungy, I mean, grungy like Disney film, right? You gotta be, you have to decide like what you appreciate about it. What okay. I like about it. Cause like, first of all, it, it, it's like way less about 101 Dalmatians. Like it's not really about the dogs. Cause like a lot of people that I talked to about it was like, how are they going to make like, cause the whole thing with Disney's villain films has been to try to make them a little bit more relatable and like give them a bit deeper understanding of why they made the choices they make like the um, in the original, you know, uh, Disney films that they were villains in. Yeah. And so with Cruella, like a lot of people were like, how are they going to make a, a puppy murderer relatable? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, good question. Um, and honestly, I think that they just did a really good job. Like, the costumes and the set designs is what did it for me. Um, like, beyond, like, the writing is really good and the acting is impeccable, but, like, the costumes nailed it. Um, like, I would be very surprised if they didn't get nominated for, like, Oscars and awards. Uh, Damn. For, because, I mean, it just was really, really creative, really over the top. And they, I mean, I didn't. I didn't count every look, but they had dozens and dozens for each of the characters that were all very, very put together and very within the style of the movie. And like, yeah. it's a '70s punk rock fashion type of thing because um, I mean, that's like the time in London that not all that was happening. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. It's just like it's really, really well done. Um, I like to describe it as if you saw The Devil Wears Prada meets a heist movie meets Disney. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know. I have to see it because I... Very, very good. Yeah. It's my, my I, movie movie of the month right now. And then a TV show that I've recently just got into is uh, Kim's Convenience. It's on Netflix. I don't know. Um, it's another Canadian sitcom. So if you're like a fan of Schitt's Creek, the writing is kind of similar. I wouldn't say it's the, it's the same level. Schitt's Creek is fucking gold. It's a cement yeah. mine. Like cemented in gold at this point. Um, but like... Uh, it's about like a Korean family that uh, moves to Canada or that live in Canada and uh, they run a convenience store and it's just like the writing is really really good it's you know uh, again kind of like a not an imposter but it's like these Korean people in an American or Canadian neighborhood um, and like uh, all the different interactions they have with all of these different people and some of the like what you would probably say are like microaggressions or things that like Asian communities face a lot of the time yeah uh and uh, I don't know, it's just really, really interesting. And it's, like, very funny, too. Like, the characters are very likable. Yeah. I wouldn't judge it off the trailer. The trailer that they put on Netflix, I think, is, like, a bit jarring. Mm. <laughs> and probably turns off a lot of yeah, people. Because yeah. it turned me off for a while. Then I just gave it a go. And I was like, this is very good, actually. Nice. Nice. So when did you kind of, like, really realize that movies and film and, like, that sort of thing is a passion of yours? I think at a really early age, honestly. Like, I think it it started, like, we, my family always made it, like, such a to-do, like, making an outing and going to see movies. Like, that was, like, very much a thing that we did a lot growing up. Yeah. And for me, I just, like, thought it was so cool. Like, I also think that we grew up in a time that, like, 
we got to see a lot of the technology really ramp up with a lot of t- film and TV sure. where yeah. um, we watched a lot of stuff go from like, how do we make something look like it's in space mm-hmm. to like these insane battle scenes that like happen with a lot of CGI and a lot of yeah. like um, explosions and, you know, it's crazy now. Um, Cause before it was like, it, it was a really, really big challenge. Like the original star Wars films and stuff like that, like Dude, to make yeah. it look the way that it looks like was a huge challenge and like scaling and, and all this stuff. And I think as it's just gotten easier to make those looks, I mean, it's really expensive, but um, mm-hmm. tactically it's, it's a bit easier. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just think like being able to uh, see like the, that kind of grow and like always getting lost up or caught up and lost in like the stories is like what made me realize that I really went into it. And I think then as I became like older and like, as I have a background in marketing and media um, and I really got to understand like the business side of media, um, what drives me to it now is like just the impact that it has um, on everyone that watches whatever it is that you're watching. And what I mean by that is like, not necessarily that the social impact or like you know the messages that the films or pieces of content that you're consuming like are putting across to you but like there's so many kids that will watch a film and like say like you know hidden figures it was like all about these women in um nasa these three black women in nasa there could be like some women that are little girls that watch that film who then grow up to want to be the people that they saw in the film because they watched that um or I like to think of it as like, you know, in, you know, the Jetsons, they came up with like flying cars. Well, now there's like people out there trying to actually build real flying cars. Like not to say that the Jetsons like made them do that, but like, yeah. you know, the idea is put out there and eventually that thing might turn into something that becomes reality in the world or like shift somebody into something just because of the way that it's been perceived or portrayed on like a television show or a film, you know, or whatever it is. And I just think like with that type of, impact you can have i wanted to be a part of it um yeah and and just like understand like how you do it and like the more that i've gotten into it like the more that i understand like the politics at play of it like how like this industry like puts certain things in front of people um and so now the passion has like come into a place of like not like trade the swab that's a terrible way to, to put it but like um it's like really hard to get films and stuff made and i don't think it should be because it's like so politicized and it's so um driven by profits but i think that there's a way to drive profits while also like staying true to the art forms and it not Mm. being so political like and that's like why i started the film company um that it's called red band entertainment for those of you interested but um we started it to basically like create a space like for me and my people like people that i work with um and then the people that they work with and like people that want to work with us like to freely create um like we are trying to build all the systems and all the connections so like we understand how everything works in the industry how to get funding how to do it correctly but like we want to have the ability to do that so then we can go and take projects on and not worry about the political outcome of it or if it's going to land correctly or if it fits in with the overall timing struck like we want to just like make stuff and we want to help people make stuff because it shouldn't be that hard and like Uh, based on what i've seen throughout my life the people who like don't follow what like the studio like the big studios want or like you know those are the things that tend to succeed like the Zack snyder cut of 
Justice League is a perfect example of this, where, like, the original one, he got so upset with because the studio was making all these changes, he left, Josh Whedon came in and redid it, and, like, that movie sucks Mm. really, really bad, which is why the fans demanded, like, a different cut from the original director. And so Mm. he gave it, and that movie everyone is in love with, even though it's over four hours long. Because it's, like, true to what, like, the creator wanted versus, like, the studio coming in and chopping up and putting in things that they wanted to see because that's what they tested the audiences. And, like, even then, those tests are, like, so narrow because they put, like, 16 people in a room and they're, like, these people represent the entire group of audiences that are going to go watch this film. And that's just, like, not the case. Um, So, I I don't know. Like, I want to, like, be a part of it. And part of it is, like, the challenge, like growing up everyone was like this is such a difficult industry this is like the the toughest thing that you can do and like i just kind of got this idea in my head i was like i want to do it you keep saying how difficult it is like i, I want to show you i can do it mm-hmm. <laughs> um i know i can say that it's not that it's easy because i've been doing it four years and finally like i'm starting to understand where the traction moves and how like you can move in this industry mm-hmm. um so it's like definitely time consuming and like you got to make a lot of sacrifices early on uh but I think it's like worth it like the stuff that like i made a few different music videos and the feeling that i get on set like when i'm like seeing all these like people and all these things like move around and all this stuff happen like and knowing that it came from ideas in my head that then turned into pictures on a page that then turned into like sets in real life that then you can like see this shit really coming together like Mm -hmm. i to me i'm like this is so like all of this is happening because like I had the desire to make it happen, not because anybody else wanted it to happen. Yeah. Um, and then for me, like I keep chasing that feeling now. Mm, I like that. I think there's a lot of uh, amazing things that you were just talking about. Like just the, went off, uh, yeah, no, I <laughs> loved it. That was, uh, I think going back to what you're talking about, the, the kind of the reasoning and like the politicized type um, reasoning of starting red band and everything. I mean, isn't that like true freedom, like to be able to create something of your own and then let if you're creating it for people to enjoy, let the people see if they enjoy it. I mean, put it out there and the people will decide like, oh, this is a shit film or oh, this is a great film or this has a great message. This needs to be spread. That'll become pretty apparent quick. So I think that that's something that's really cool that you're pursuing because a lot of I mean, you see a lot of films. There's, I think I agree. There's a lot of politicization. Politicization? Is that a word? <laughs> um, politicization? Now I don't know. <laughs> now I don't know, but I think you get it. Um, yikes. <laughs> yikes. Um, with that, and it alters like what the actual intent of said director said producer whoever like the reason they got in involved with the Mm -hmm. project like now all of a sudden it just becomes a marketing scheme to grow like grow whatever business maybe that like a big business that's in charge of this uh this film um so i think it's cool and i think it gives you is is that something that because people talk about Netflix, like the joke is that they'll accept anything. Like they'll basically take on any product. Is that like the reason why they're doing that? Is so that they're basically like, hey, cool, we give you the so, thumbs up, just do whatever. I was gonna say, like, if you think about it, like early on, a lot of Netflix's success with their originals was because they let creators do just that. Like yeah. they gave them 
a platform like one Netflix is, um, you know, it's not content restricted in that like you can swear, you can do some pretty like violent stuff. Like, yeah. and not to say that that's what creates great content, but I'm saying that there's freedom, there's to, freedom do to do that it. and explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, and early on with a lot of their originals, like they really let the creators just kind of run with it. Like saying like, Hey, you have this budget, like this is your story. Um, you know, tell it how you want to tell it. You know, obviously Netflix has some quality standards that they want you to meet, you know, and stuff like that. But um, in terms of like the story development, I think the reason why they've hit it out of the park so many times is because they really do let, let it up to the creators. I think that as they've gotten so large and they've been putting so much more investment in that they've gotten a little bit more choosy with what they put out. Okay. Um, but I also think that the sentiment of like them taking on so many projects is like, there's like a, there's like this idea that like, making it past season three at Netflix means that your show's a success because Mm. they'll fund almost like three seasons for almost anything. Um, And you'll find a lot of shows on Netflix that are only like three seasons or less um, where they'll fund like, Hey, because they're doing just that. They want to see if the audience will latch onto it yeah. um, and, and see if it is like a hit. Because like, uh, I would say like Umbrella Academy, like they put a lot of investment into that upfront, like getting Mary J. Blige like as one of the people and they put yep. her in a lot of the marketing. But I don't think that they knew that that was going to hit the way that it did. Yeah. Um, and so like, because they didn't really instantly renew it like until I want to say a few months later. And then it was like, we have two more seasons for it because people like love it. Um, you know, it was the same thing with Stranger Things. Like, it hit really hard after the first season, and then they renewed it for two more right after. Um, and now we're in season four, so people are like, "Yeah, that's like a good success." But it's really rare that you see see like a show go after over three seasons. And then I would say with their films, like they do a really good job marketing. Like, I just want to put it out there, not to diminish like the achievement of winning an Oscar, but it's a very heavily campaigned for award as are most Mm. awards um Mm. interesting and all of these film studios that get nominated for oscars they set aside budgets that are associated with those films to campaign for certain awards um and that's because like if you win an oscar it's like roughly a hundred million dollars in profit that you can expect in like additional ticket sales um and like overall revenue for the film because like if you know if you ever notice like oscars tend to go to films that are like um like biopics or like really heavily drama narratives or, or you know stuff that like i would say a mass audience isn't going to go out of their way and like see that's mm-hmm. not your summer blockbuster of like superheroes like fighting each other or stuff like that but when you hear a film won an oscar you're more likely to see it because it won an Oscar, regardless yeah. of what the content is. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, a lot of these film studios are heavily incentive, or they basically campaign for these where it's like they take publicists or voters out to lunches, they do all the, and they like create like all these appearances for people and they try to make it this whole situation where it's like, this should be the person who wins or like, we're trying to make this person like in front of you. Like, um, cause I've worked in the advert industry for a while now and probably want to say two months two three months ahead of the nominations for oscars Mm -hmm. is when um like these companies will start taking out ads and magazines and like stuff like they'll put up billboards in la they'll put up um stuff that says like for your consideration and they'll have like all the people that they want to be um you know listed or, or as nominated uh for the different categories that they're submitting them for and so it's it's very much like a whole thing but Sorry, I don't even know why I got on this with the Oscars. Um, I got in such a tangent. And then uh, 
we need. Oh, oh, what I was to say with Netflix. Yeah. They get nominated for Oscars and they've won a few Oscars, but I would say with their films, they haven't really hit a stride of hits like they have with their TV shows. Like yeah. they have a few collection of hits that I'd say probably work, but most of the time I'd say their films are like so-so. Mm-hmm. Um, and people generally, I would say feel that way. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, but I mean, they're spending way, way more money than any other studio out there right now. Like by a ton. Like I want to say it's like close to 18 billion this year. In really? Content development. And like Disney's at six. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's wild. That's but wild that's because that. Netflix is like, tr- like their revenue stream is so much less diverse than Disney. Like Disney has like so much shit that they're making oh, money this- off of. Yeah. And like Netflix's main source of revenue is coming from subscriber True. growth. So like they have to continue making insane amounts of content to keep the su- subscribers there and a- attract new ones. Yeah. So when you say the 18 billion, is that for them to make their own shows and movies? Or it's is that- basically a combination of like funding stuff that's like Netflix originals and acquiring stuff that will be Netflix originals. Um, so a lot of times there's another like uh, factor of like, say I'm a creator and I make an independent film, mm-hmm. uh, then I pitch that to be, I don't know, made into a full feature film uh, with like a studio funding and stuff like that. I could get Paramount to, you know, say, hey, we're going to produce this film with you. Yeah. Um, but then I still have to di- like get a distribution company or a distribution platform to work with me in Paramount on like getting the movie out. And so that's where like Netflix didn't ask for us to make this film, but we made the film and Netflix is interested in buying the film from us to put it on their platform. So they'll label it as a Netflix original, but they didn't mm, make it. But they didn't make it. Okay. Yeah. They published it. Interesting. So, so that budget goes towards acquiring content as well yeah. as producing new content. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Oh, so it's, it's all fascinating information and stuff that I mean, I think me being the average consumer, Definitely never think about. I mean, most people wouldn't think about this. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. see a show and you're like, great. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Looks interesting. Um, but no, that, that's fascinating. And, and and again, it's the, I think also you don't think about the politicization. I'm going to use it again. Politicization. <laughs> I, don't know why. I think that's the right word. Is it the right word? Okay. I wish I had a fact checker here with me. The politicization? Um, yeah. I don't know. But um of like the Oscars and how you have to actually campaign for I think they're all like, like that for a spot like that I guess that's something I didn't know how it was done um but I kind of assumed that there was a group of people who were quote unquote film experts and they watched the movies and you kind of have to hit like a checklist of like I, I don't know I, I don't know what that check I'm just gonna start spitting bullshit but it's and then you kind of hit that checklist and they're like okay this one is the best like it it achieves this at the highest level i would like to hope that that's what people do yeah that's but um i am also like woefully aware of humanity like that's what i like to say is one of my edges as as a marketer as in like i like to think i not that i know everything of what humans are willing to do but like i like to think i'm like this is what people are actually going to like consume out of this. Yeah. Like when you, like when I'm sending an email or something and it's like, people are going to read the first three sentences and nothing below this. So like Mm. whatever you want to get across, you know, or, you know, not to say that that's exactly it, but that's the type of sentiment I'm going for. 
Um, and I I don't know off the top of my head how many films each year get uh, nominated for an Oscar, mm-hmm. but there's quite a few categories. Each category has between like six and ten nominations. Yeah. Um, and like, oftentimes those nominations happen like maybe two months ahead of the award show, and I believe that they have to cast their votes a few weeks ahead of the award show um, and stuff. So to expect like, and I want to say there's over three or 400 Oscar voters. Um, so mm. to expect that like all of those people are going to watch all of those films yeah, and true. intentionally make evaluations yeah, yeah, for all of the nominations, it. like, mm, no, that ain't going to be it. So that's where all this campaigning came in to play. Because like, if you just like get the, an Oscar voter to sit down at a lunch with, I don't know, Margot Robbie, say they're trying to campaign for Margot Robbie yeah. to get an Oscar like if she goes to enough lunches and dinners and blah, blah blah and makes enough of an impact and enough voters like she could swing enough of the votes in her direction without people actually watching the film I, that's that's bullshit to me a little bit like it, it doesn't why, yeah i mean netflix i want to spend i want to say they spent three thirty million dollars campaigning for roma when I, they were doing their oscar that run it won a lot of Oscars. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a black and white uh, film. It's like a an, an Italian director and, and stuff. And uh, yeah, but basically, um, they campaigned. They spent thirty million dollars campaigning for that, and it did win a number of Oscars. So like, it was a success. And you know, they probably earned more money from it in terms of their uh, yeah subscriber growth, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, they spent a ton of money just trying to get it out there. Yeah, it's just the, the the idea and the thought that someone that is voting for a movie or for a character in a movie or for whatever it is and having never seen it. It's all marketing at the I, end yeah, of the day. I get that. I still get it, but I don't accept it. I, I'm just I'm just being honest. Like this he, no, how, I, I get it. I get I get it. This is how the industry works. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's um Every award show is like I'm telling you, like being in media marketing has ruined most things for me (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I just like, I see stuff and I'm like, you don't even know if that's real or fabricated. Um, like this is a really, really good, uh, example. I don't think, I don't think this is illegal for me to talk about. Um, just let me know before I post the, if I need to edit. I don't, I don't think they're even gonna like find it. Yeah. I was like, who's going to hear this? Anyways. Um, so my last company, um, I won't say the name, but uh, yeah. I was there when they um, basically fabricated this whole thing to happen, and then we built case studies from this campaign that happened. But okay, essentially, like there was like a season of The Bachelor that was happening, and at the very last episode or some episode, um, The Bachelor, his name was like Ari at that season. He like had already proposed to one of the women and then he like in this episode like took it back and proposed to another woman instead. And like people got fucking mad. Like a lot of like fans and stuff like went really crazy on it and Twitter and like whatnot and everyone was like, fuck you Ari, like whatever. So the company I was working at at the time capitalized on this thing happening and they ran like advertisements in the hometowns of all three of the people involved on the show that basically said like oh my god Ari like not okay like get voted off of Bachelor or something like that but basically like leaning into the idea that like 
that we're jumping in onto this, like that it's not okay that this guy did it. However, then our publicist team planted articles basically talking about this campaign and how it was funded by fans uh, of the show when it was not. It was funded by the company that I worked for because it was our ad space to sell. So we just put up our own ads in our own ad space um, and then planted media articles because we are a media company yeah. um, that talked about those ads in a space. Um, it then got so much traction that it was like featured on ABC during the reunion episode of yeah. The Bachelor. And um, it got all this crazy traction about like all the ads that were running for it and whatnot. A couple months later, my company had done social trend watching on all of that. And we collected all this information and data on like what happened during the campaign and all the reach we got and all that stuff. And we turned it into case studies that when went to other big companies and said, we can do this for you as well. And all I kept thinking about was the ads running at like on ABC all that all these watchers like all these viewers are watching this going like wow some people got really passionate and actually bought ads and like did this thing and it is yeah. a total lie like Whoa. and and blah, blah blah and I was sitting there and I was like how much of this happens across like all the rest of the shit that we watch because yeah, this was way easy for my company to do this shit like exactly. way easy way um, easy yeah and so that was like, okay, well now pretty much like, I don't believe anything. <laughs> like, I, I think like so much of it is like been placed there or it's been positioned that way. So you believe that or like whatever it is. And like, I'm a marketer. So like, I know the shit that goes into some of the things that you see. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really trust a lot of things anymore. Yeah. I mean, how can you, so like that's, and that's the, the challenge I think at least for me, and I think I, I've talked with a lot of my friends and people, is we're in an age right now, it's amazing because you can find any information you want. But how can, <laughs> you're just building me to distrust it even more. How can I fucking trust anything? Like, how do you, how do you fact check? How do you properly do these things without, like, because it's like, you know, there's the clickbait shit. But, like, now you're telling... I don't know. Like, there's even... You wouldn't even be able to fact check that. Exactly. You would have to have somebody like me from the company come and tell you about it. Dude. <laughs> that's, like, that's so fucking... Like, no, I didn't sign anything, but that's why I was like, I don't believe this is illegal for me to talk about. Yeah. But I'm... No, that, no this like, is, that's fascinating because, like you said, you're... I don't... I don't... Again, I don't really know. I don't remember the name of your company, and I don't know if it's, like, a big company, but I didn't think it was super big of a marketing agency. Yeah. Yeah, but, no. I mean, it was the third largest in the space. Oh, okay. So, so it is. Okay. I was going to say some of these larger ones, just if you guys are doing this, I mean, but the fact that you are a large one, like if you're doing it, yeah, everyone's probably fucking dipping their hands in, into this. And that's scary. So again, like how can you trust this stuff unless you have a contact like you? And I don't. I don't. And, That's my solution. So what? So how? Okay. So given that information and knowing that, how do you find? How do you live? How, <laughs> like, how do you? Live? <laughs> how do you like search something and like understand? Like take well, it as? I mean, I just do multiple sources. Like yeah. you know, like I just try to like not fact check myself, but like 
I really just listen to my gut most of the time. Like, and I mean, you're not, you're never going to be right 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, you can believe something if you do believe it. And if I then get proven wrong, like, I'll try to that generally cool. be like, hey, yeah, that, that was wrong. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. When it comes to, like, like, I, I don't know. I don't watch the news. Like, I read yeah. a lot of stuff. And, like, I have my sources that I go to. Um, like, generally, like, it's, like, Al Jazeera or BBC or, like, whatever. Like, I don't do a lot of American news, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's all... I mean, I mean, almost all news, even non-American news, is going to still be politically leaning. Yeah. Um, but, like, in America, it is very clear to me, like, these narratives are being driven mm-hmm. based on the platform that they're on. Um, and I just like don't I don't care to like read it like that I'd rather yeah, just I like agree. see it more neutral um, that's why like BBC is great because like England doesn't really care about us that much like they'll just be like hey this thing happened in America here's what it is yeah um, that's what we need is like don't you know, give me your opinions give me what happened right, and let right. me decide yeah right so and like Al Jazeera I think is also another good one because they again are just like covering news um, versus like I mean, I have to say that there isn't politically and uh, motivated things on there, but well, yeah, I think the, it's less than in other like outlets that you get in America. And it depends too. I mean, like you talk about like BBC or something like that, and it's, I mean, I'm sure they're they talk at least with these other media platforms here in America. So it's like, how much do they talk though? Like, and and can someone buy some ad space on BBC? Yeah, but it's like. And, and do stuff like that, or is that not something that's possible? I mean, you can always buy ad space in almost any media company at yeah. this point. But it's also like what company? Like, I, I don't know who. Like, Amazon owns a ton of sites now. Like, they own IMDb. They own like so. I don't know. I mean, you probably don't go on IMDb that often. No. Yeah. But there are like way more ads for Amazon shows on IMDb than there are mm. for other shows and films, and it's clear because Amazon makes sense. IMDb. So, of yeah, course, they're going to use their sense. own space and platform to push their own shit. Makes sense. I guess. It's just getting dangerous because, like, we're becoming, like, fully like vertical integration where it's, like, Amazon produces the content, they own the platform that the content runs on, they own the ad space that the content gets promoted on. Yeah. Like, it's, like, you don't have to go to anywhere else but Amazon to do that. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's the, yeah, one day we're just going to be owned by, like, what, three companies? The world's well, going to be if, owned? Well, if the government does what they should, which they don't. Um, but if they did, then they would break up the monopoly before it happened. Do you really see that happening? <laughs> because they already, like, botched this whole shit with Facebook and Google with the duopoly they have on internet advertising. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I don't know, man. That's that's kind of some scary shit. But I think, like you said, that the takeaway for people, for me, I should say, is like just trusting. Just like, yeah, yeah. No, trust your own instincts. Trust so my like, instincts. Exactly. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Like, I, I really like before I'll say something is like fact. It's usually a few times I have to see it written, like by different sources and by different people. sources. Yeah. 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 That's the. Don't that's go to Reddit. Don't go to like. On, like Reddit, Reddit can be good, but like, <laughs> make sure it's linking out to real places and it's not but just yeah. something like Yahoo that's like, well, I heard this and this is what it is and da 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 da. Because everyone has a friend that they can verify a point with if they wanted to. Um. For sure, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's that's interesting. So 
I guess going back to the film stuff though. So you've, cause you started red band doing yeah. short films and you started basically, I, I don't know how many short films did you do? We only did like three or four. Three or four. Okay. Yeah. And then you, you kind of transitioned that to this music video stuff now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like, when I started the company, like, I mean, we were coming from a place of, I mean, for myself, like, literally zero skill. Like, I had yep. no skill in any business being on a film set or, like, mm-hmm. anything like that. Love and it. so for the first few projects, which were short films, I mainly took on, like, a producer role or assistant producer role or whatever it was to just understand, like, what is a film set environment like? What are all the roles that are, like, moving around on set? And, like, what do they do? And just, like, really understanding, like, okay, what, how do you make a film? How do you make it go from this point to this point? Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that. And then, um, just growing up, I was very, very into music videos. Always been into music videos. And I used to remember, like, staying up, like, way, way past when I was supposed to be in bed. And, like, watching these, like, MTV, like, top 20 music videos <laughs> of the week when or MTV whatever. MTV was good, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it would be on it, like midnight or one in the morning yep. um, mm-hmm. and I would just watch all of them like all night long or whatever and um, you know and as I got older like I realized that music videos aren't like a thing for a lot of people they're like what like they still make music videos and I'm like hell yeah they make music videos like and they're like yeah. really cool now they are um, and they have like really really insane visuals um, and stuff with them and so I don't know in general I just started getting an itch I was like I because I, I wasn't really interested in directing um, films because I think there's a lot of pressure and you have to be like you have to make a lot of decisions with the story and stuff and i'm just like not that into like narrative directing like that and i just like didn't want to take on something like that but i was like music videos are short you know they're usually under five minutes you can kind of just like have a lot more fun be a lot more exploratory with the set designs and the colors and and whatnot and you don't have to explain as much like with a film you kind of well most of the time you have to explain to the audience like hey we're going here now because this is happening or hey we're doing yeah. this now because this is happening and in a music video you can just be like and now they're here it yeah. doesn't matter like well, it's, it's just part of the vibe it's and, like a dream almost it's like right. all of a sudden you're like dreaming and all of a sudden it's like what the fuck where am i right. now right and you get to just like have fun with it yeah and so i was like i got the itch to like make one um a huge part of being a music video director is reputation like getting like people want to know if they're working with a good director um, and you don't get reputation without making videos and you don't book videos without reputation. It's one of those, you know, lovely chicken before the egg or egg before the chicken situations. Yeah. And so to get my first music video, it, it took me, I'm not even kidding, like two years of pursuing this one artist. Um, and I mean, like I went to like six of his shows. There was one show that I was the only person that showed up and, uh, yeah, like, and I was there rocking the hour and 10 yeah. minutes for his set, you know, or whatever. <laughs> just, like, and just mm, like, mm, yeah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, finally after like a long, you know, almost two years, like I saw him, he was dropping an album. He put out a music video for it. And I was like, what is it going to take for me to pitch you? Like, it's been two years. I've gone to all these shows. I see you're dropping an album. I want to make a video for it. Um, and like, I was probably a little too direct than what most people probably would have recommended to me, but that's what got me the meeting. Um, and like, I met with him, he played me a song, I pitched something to him, like really rough, like right on the spot. And he was like, yep, let's do it. And um, 
So then I went into like, how do you even fucking make a music video? <laughs> All right, uh, Google, how like, to make a music video? <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we did that. It took a really long time for us to make it because it was my yep. first one. Um, we filmed it over three days, over two weekends, um, and then we edited for like four and a half months. We pre-planned for like three and a half months. Like it took way too long for a music video. Um, cause I'd say industry standard is like between the four and six weeks, uh, for a turnaround. Uh, cause most of the time when you're making a music video, like it's around like a song release or whatever. And if the label's ready and they're like, we got this song, we want a video for it. Like they're not waiting a year for you to make the video. Like they're like, we want to send it out now. We want the yep. video out now. Um, type of thing. Sometimes, you know, that changes based on like all the planning and stuff, but roughly it's going to always be between four and six weeks. And yeah. anyways, we got this video done. And I, I was really happy with it. Um, I learned a lot in terms of like what it meant to be a director. I was like quite shy on that set because I didn't really know what to say a lot of the time. Like I was mm. like just trying to figure out like, I didn't, like when you're working with some of these like film crews, like you want to like know that, like look like you, ha- you know your shit. And like, I didn't know like the, like what a pan was or what a tilt was and like how that translated to like language on set and stuff like that. So I'd be trying to like direct a shot and I didn't have the right vocabulary to like communicate it to the people Mm. uh, of what I was doing. So like there was a lot of learning with that on that first set. Um, After I did that, I, it took me another year to get the next project up and running. Like um, I think the biggest challenge has been like finding budget because I can't tell you how many people have approached me with like, oh, I got $500, I got $400, like, I want to make a video. And like, you can definitely make music videos for that cheap, but like, what I want to do, I can't. Like, I want to be able to make like sets and have a good crew and have nice cameras and stuff and like, to get into like these, the real like space of like where music video directors are making money, like a ton of money and stuff, like you have to be really... Like, the, it has to be super high quality. And, like, to get that high quality type of look, you have to spend money into the into the video. And, like, I don't want to waste my time doing all these, like, cheap, low-budget videos that aren't going to move me into the right direction. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah because representative of you as well. Right. And so now I made one video, like, you know, last year, and uh, it came out in March of this year. And ever since that's come out, like, the group that I did it for, like, they got signed to a label, and the label really liked what I did so I made another video for them and now Mm -hmm. it's just kind of starting to really pick up because the label is like yo let's make movies and I was like okay you got budget and they got budget so you know we're uh, (laughs) (laughs) so now we're starting to like do some more you know big stuff um and some of these things now I can't like talk about until after they come out so that's cool yeah yeah, I get that (laughs) but the but the ones that you can talk about for because they're already out right yeah for her story Right. Yeah, for her story. Well, yeah, you I can mean, go check them out on, on YouTube or Rap a Lot Midwest or you know whatever. But um, yeah, I mean there was it was a lot of fun with them. Um, this is like definitely where I've started to hit my stride of being like a director, where like I know what I like to do when I walk in on set. Um, I know like how I direct people and like yeah, it's it's really like it's always high stress. There's a lot of things, a lot of questions that you get asked all throughout the day because you're just making decisions all day pretty mm-hmm. much um but it's like a weird adrenaline rush that i can just get and you just carry through like one of the key things that everyone says about me and it's like totally totally true is like i don't eat or drink anything on set <laughs> it like literally doesn't matter how long we're there like you almost besides black coffee the yeah. whole 
fucking time i'll be drinking black coffee but Jeez. like when we're having like breaks for like lunch or dinner i'm like generally drinking coffee like getting the next stuff set up yeah um and making sure that we're like good to go with the next thing um so you know we have a 14 hour day like i just i don't eat or drink for 14 hours mm. and like sometimes a, like a production assistant or like somebody will come up to me and be like like hand me an apple and be like eat this and i'm yeah i'm like not even gonna lie 10 out of 10 times i put it down <laughs> and <I don't laughs> thank you I'm like, uh, thank you for considering me but i'm okay yeah <laughs> um and i don't know i don't know if it's like a stress thing or adrenaline but i generally don't um like get hungry on sets because i'm like so preoccupied with whatever we're doing um but i feel like absolute shit the following days like, yeah absolute shit <laughs> that much coffee i'm sure and like yeah oh my god and the it's adrenaline like a, just yeah it's at least a pot of coffee throughout the day yeah yeah that, that'll you should switch it to tea <laughs> you should maybe maybe switch it over to tea i'm telling Yo, you when, get, I, when i got budgets to have both i'll, I'll do both all right <laughs> right cool. now it's a, can, it's a one or the other yeah I, I can uh i can help i can help you help you on that front, i couldn't but, even have red bulls on this set I was like too expensive. <laughs> too expensive. <laughs> well, like a four pack of Red Bulls, like ten bucks, and I'm like, dude, that's gonna go so quick. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's so true. But and I'd rather you be drinking, I think, black coffee than than Red Bulls. Oh so, yeah, for yeah. for your health, I guess. And, for my health. Yeah, that's uh. But dude, it's such a thing on sets, like the, the energy drinks, because I get it. It's like a grueling yeah, work. Makes and I'm makes trying sense. I try not to do that life. Like you said, it sounds it sounds so you basically. A music video is shot in a day, right? Depending. I've been okay. doing them mostly in one day because um, when you do more than one day, it increases the budget by a lot because, again, you're paying for space, you're paying the crew rates, you're paying for meals throughout all that. So every day that you add on, it's like just that much more that you're multiplying into the budget. Uh, yeah. So I try my best right now to do everything in one day so we can keep our costs low and we can put more of the budgets that we get into the sets and like the lights and the actual production of it. Mm -hmm. um, but depending on what they want to do or what the concept ends up being, it may take more than one day to, it might take us one or two days to set up what the set should look like. And then we go in and fill it in one day or, you know, two days or whatever it is. Um, and like I said, it depends. Like I'm working on a concept now that like realistically it would be three or four days just because, yeah. um, the sets are really intricate um and we, we would have to get like a lot of this stuff built there like where we're gonna do it so mm. i can't like prefabricate it somewhere else and like it had it would have to be built there yeah so, so i want to make sure that i have time to like do all of that but again you're paying hourly wages for everyone to go in and build all mm -hmm. of that you know it, it it's yeah, significantly more expensive to do more than one day yeah um, and you were you were talking to me this was a while ago now i think when the first music video came out um you were talking to me about like messing around with cgi and doing stuff set kind of stuff with that is that something that you uh, are exploring? so for this one we're definitely going to need it uh because of the concept again yeah. um but uh yeah also a cost factor now i'm very lucky in that like we've been building relationships with people so i kind of was able to kind of deal with the uh cgi company that's going to yeah. do all of it for us yeah, yeah. Uh, but i'm really excited to work on this one because i've never done anything with cgi and um we're going to be able to like set it up on set where we'll have a vfx artist that sits there so we can make sure that we're capturing all of our shots correctly so when they go in to do all the post work that gets mm -hmm. the way it should be um 
and uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, what we're going to do with this is like, um, like light. I call it light CGI work, but CGI is always intense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, instead of having like electricity on set, we'll have like electricity crackle like later okay. on, you know, or or stuff like that. Um, or I want to have this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the CGI or not, or if I have to cut it. But like right now, I want to have like a a woman suspended in like a tank of liquid and um, hey. it's unsafe to have someone actually do that um, <laughs> yeah uh, so um i'm trying to figure out if it's something we do where we put it in an empty tank that we have with like wires and then we have them later add in like the liquid and like the and the idea that they're floating mm-hmm. um or i don't know that's something that i gotta figure out though with my production team yeah yeah, yeah. no that makes sense yeah, it's cool. How has this kind of expanded your sense or idea of film making, like films that are like two, three, four hours long? Because I mean, like you said, this, these are five, minutes. six, seven minutes, yeah. like yeah, of of a music video. So like, I mean, I, what I always say to people is like, you just truly don't understand the work that goes into what you're looking at, I like <laughs> how many different people it passes through, and like how much timing and planning goes into like like specifically cgi like everything that's there is intentional so like when you see like a building crash like every single shard of glass and stuff is intentional to be there so it creates an effect Um, and I mean, there's programs, there's physics programs that you can apply. So they're not like animating literally every single piece of glass, but, um, like the, I want to say the, not the frequency, but like the density of the glass, like how big the shards are, like all that stuff is like, oftentimes like mapped out and graded in a way against the object to Mm. make it appear a certain way or to give it a certain effect. And so like, Mm. I just don't think people are like aware of nearly the creative just like the amount of creative decisions that go into like literally every shot that you see um and so like as i have been going through this process like what i do all the time now is i'll every time i get done with a video i'll be like okay this is what went well this is what i like learned off of this and then like i'll watch current music videos and be like all right this is the next thing i need to focus on Mm. um as in like i my video didn't have this but these ones do so this is like what I really need to focus on. And so the like two things that I'm focusing on in the next video um, are the transitions that I move from scene to scene. Um, Cause most of them in music videos nowadays are like very, very intentional and very creative. So mm. like one that I saw that was wonderful was like, they had this um, camera that came out or it was panning out like backwards and it was like a pool party and then it went through an inner tube and then as it went through an inner tube it went through what looked like some glass and then it was like a circle of a washing machine and now we were in like a laundromat mm. and like just the way the camera moved like that i was like that was so fucking cool and it's like Smooth, seamless and yeah. it was, and it brought you right into the next scene while mm-hmm. connecting it from the last one and i was like i need to be better about my transitions and how we move from place to place like it isn't just like a boom now we're here sometimes it can be that but most of the time it should be like an intentional transition mm. Mm. um and the next thing i want is um choreo- like lighting choreography or lighting design so mm. um right now most of the stuff like we light a scene and it looks really nice but the lights don't do anything but besides light the scene and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the lighting is like choreographed or programmed to like 
do things to the music. Um, mm, so if it's like yeah. flashing or moving or stuff, and they, like having those kind of like light movements or the movement design within the lighting um, really adds a lot to a shot. Um, that mm-hmm. I've like I've done stuff with movements and I've done stuff without, and like the stuff without, I just always want more. So like that's just something that I'm becoming a lot more aware of. Like yeah. in when we do these setups and stuff, is like the lighting design. I want it to just be this way, and like that's the other thing is I understand now like how much lighting you need to get certain things. It's yeah. insane, like how much, and like it gets really hot. It gets really like. I love it, but like it's not a great working environment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, but it's it creates a beautiful scene that and lighting. I mean, just I, I'm from the very, very, very tiny little TikToks that I make. It's like oh, it just even like a little bit of lighting. I can I can understand. I'm like I get it. And so thinking about like just the beauty of these these large scale films and music videos and whatever, it's it does it. it it lets you appreciate just like mm, there's oh. probably so much more there that I have again I have no I, idea I think people get really annoyed with me now when I when I watch films with non-film people yes yeah you've, <laughs> um, uh, you've told me <laughs> yeah they get not all the time but like I remember this one distinctively I, w- I was watching uh, Jojo Rabbit with my parents love that and yeah, love that movie my mom hated it absolutely really? did it yeah oh it's and like one of my, my dad was that. into it because yeah. he's into like world war ii stuff in yeah. general and so like he was into it and here's me the whole time i'm going scarlett johansson accent is like fucking amazing yeah um i was like dude like she's so different from what her normal accent looks like and i was like that's uh-huh. good i was like also the color of these shots i'm like some of these shots are just gorgeous like mm-hmm. the Very way that vibrant, they yeah. them yeah and i was i was like this is like this it's a lot of work to get like this set up like this to like get it to be finished like this. And I'm almost like, are you going to talk like this the whole way through? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just saying it's a really well-made film. It was, <laughs> like, it was a great film. Like, like I said, top, it's honestly like, one of my top five films, I think. Yeah. And I was it just, was like the way the humor of it and like, the humor oh, I just, just like, this is so well done. That like, director, like the guy who also Taika, played Hitler. Taika or whatever. Yeah. He, is amazing he did he did an amazing job and he's a hilarious actor like Mm -hmm. his fucking role as hitler was so funny it was hands down like one of the funniest like part i mean without like his character of hitler in that movie it wouldn't like yeah yeah yeah, it would have been like he he's not only clearly a great actor but a great director as well um but yeah it's just Oh man, no, it's cool that like I I appreciate you talking about it. Maybe I wouldn't appreciate it during a film because I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm I'm <laughs> intently I intently watch and I don't want things distracting me. But I do appreciate hearing you talk about these things because it allows me to I pick up on like little things. Like when I do notice a transition, like it's sometimes like I get like a good feeling from it, and I'm like, oh, that was, and then I can I make like an audible like, oh. That, that was, was nice. nice. That was nice. <laughs> that was. N- I feel good. That <laughs> I feel was pleasant. <laughs> yeah, I feel good after that happened. Um, and I think something that's kind of grown, and I don't know if you've ever experimented with this or thought about doing this, but um, people are getting really good at it like because of TikTok. TikTok allows people to edit um, very easily from your phone, and clearly it's a different caliber, but it allows you to do a lot more, a lot more of these things. And there's some ex- 
excruciatingly smooth transitions like on on TikTok. And I think people are now finding a value and appreciation in people being able to do that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, expecting it when they see like a professional type music video or film. It's like expecting to, to oh, see, yeah, no. to see mean, that level because it's like, all right, I can do it with my fucking phone. As, as like, technology gets, you know, more and more competition gets more and more, you know, yeah. gets easier and easier. So it's mm-hmm. about how you can use that technology to like make it work for you. Yeah. Have you ever like um, thought about putting or starting like a red band um, TikTok or something and putting your guys's uh, stuff out no. there? Hell no. Why, why, um, why is that? No, because we're just like not about our social media presence that hard, to be honest. Like, that's cool. Also, like if you actually go out and look at a lot of production companies, like they put out their work and stuff, but like you're not getting your success from having a big social following mm. or having anything like that. Like it's truly in the film festival circuit. And once your name is like out there, um, the business just kind of starts coming and it's about you like being a good company to work with for clients versus like, do they have a big following, you know, and stuff like that. Because I don't think like, could you name any music video production company? Yeah. I know. After you were thinking (laughs) about that, or after you said that, I was like, you're, you're more B2B. So like you go straight from like to a business and like, they maybe know you as an amazing production company but in the in the front no one right, like nobody i actually knows. don't even like like is so kind of thinking on like star wars again like lucas films is that a production company or is that what is that well it used to be a production company but now disney owns them so, so, now, so now disney's the production so company. disney's the production company. so lucas entertainment is just um probably the holding company for the the uh ideas the IP. okay okay so like so like those would be but like you said for music videos couldn't name a fucking i couldn't name a a single right. one. Yeah. I mean, most of them, most of the companies are unknown and even more so like most of the times music videos only like plug the director. And I could almost guarantee you that you don't know anybody who's a music video director besides me. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that is a good assumption. Um, that's cool. So, and you've talked about, I don't know again, how much you can talk about this um, on here, but you've talked about some of the other projects that you're working on. Um, outside like a documentary is that something um, I, I don't know i don't know what i can say and what i can't so i hope no you know it's like still something that we're like pursuing it's still really early on i'll be okay. honest like the something like that like a bigger project like that um because we're looking for a significant amount of funding um yeah. is a lot of planning and a lot of uh pitching to investors first so like honestly okay. like, we want to do this project but um I, at the time, like, I really don't have anything, like, to, to yeah. share with it other than, like, we're on it. <laughs> I, just, well, I guess the, my, my thought was, or my question was, is it dead in the water or is it still um, I would say it's, like, it's a back burner right now. Like, that there's, like, I, I still get questions about it from some of the people who we talked about it with, but also, like, with all these music videos that we're doing for the record label, like we're, we're a three man band right now. Um, and when we put together these projects, like it starts with the three of us and then we bring in all the other people that we need to, to do everything. Um, yeah. Because like on my last music video, like we had 46 people by the time that we were done that worked on it. Um, but it starts with the three 
among us yeah. um, every time. And so with all this stuff happening, like we're organizing a lot, like I'm trying to find a mansion right now to shoot one of these videos in um, and like going through that whole process of like insurance and verifying we're not going to like fuck these people's property up and yeah. like all this stuff. Um, it's just a lot of work and we don't have all the people yet because you know, we're still new or relatively new. Yeah. Uh, but as we keep scaling up, like eventually I'll have people that I can like hand this type of work off on, onto and then we can like pursue more bigger projects and, you know, put more effort into those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Cause you've for sure, you've hit a nice kind of stride. It seems like, like you like that. Took so long. Uh, yeah, it did. It did. Cause trust me, I've been, I've, we've talked about this for years now. Years. And so it's so cool because like you said, in March, I think was the first music video that kind of took off. And yeah. then we just went to the premiere um, party for the second music video for her story. And you just, I mean, seeing you there and doing all that stuff was, was fucking awesome. And knowing that where that's going to take you and like just the conversations we've had, like that, it sounds like it's like, okay, he's finding his stride. Man. He's finding his stride. <laughs> I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I don't, I won't put any words out there, but it seems, it seems to be really cool. Like what you're doing and everything. Thanks. And, Thanks. and yeah, it's exciting. I, it's, I just want my, my moon man or moon person astronaut i think they rebranded them now oh, it is oh is that for the for, for the vmas the, for the vmas awards yeah mm-hmm. that's my oscar it's a wait so you said it's a moon person now they rebranded. i think I, I think they i don't know if they it used to always be the moon man yeah but moon man got canceled i don't know what they switched it to <laughs> how do you feel about the cancel culture oh god don't <laughs> this is like not a topic okay right. um <laughs> You brought it up. <laughs> you I think I think cancel culture is, if I'm being honest, a lot of a lot of very weak, whiny people. Uh, not to say that the stuff that like people are canceling like isn't like it's bad, like and stuff like that. But like, I I don't know. Like to go try to ruin someone's career off of a comment they put on their Twitter 12 or 14 years ago, like. And then to just blow it up and blow it up until like I don't know like are you that bored? Right. Like, <laughs> it seems like boredom mostly. Like, like you're not like find a hobby that you can invest like, in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like I I'm probably different in that. Like I use Instagram. I use LinkedIn. I use different social medias. But I'm like not on social media so like all the time. Yeah. And stuff. So I'm not constantly looking for stuff. But like I just don't even know where I would be motivated to be like you know what today I'm gonna tear down this person and like <laughs> you know find that something <laughs> that yeah. like I'm gonna dig I'm gonna dig right deep. like I, I just like there's so many other things I could come up with that would I would spend my time doing yeah than that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, think, I just don't I don't get it I think it started in good intention meaning like calling people out on their bullshit and making sure that people are held responsible, which cool. Like I'm, I'm all about like holding accountability and all that good shit. But like you said, it's, it's become this thing now where people are just bored and like you, and you kind of, they kind of get off, they get off on like all of a sudden a bunch of people like bandwagon on top of like, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that girl. And then they, they're like, yeah, I started that. And, and it's like, a, 
I don't know. It's like mob mentality at that point. Dude, it's like it's total like it, I just like people like to hop in on the hate. I think like what you're saying. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's just like it's, it's something to tweet about. It's something to like hop in and talk about with your. Yeah. Like I saw the the best thing about like or one of the best like SNL things they did was like when Donald Trump was getting removed or not well leaving office for this end of his term. Yeah. And um they like made a joke, they were like, Well, what am I gonna talk about with my coworkers now? Yeah, right. And I was like, correct, because everyone loves to hate on Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, so it's easy to talk about something when you can like shit talk. I mean, in fact most not most, but I'd say a lot of friendships our start with shit talking the same person mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. where you're like wow i just don't like when she does this one thing you know what's saying oh hey uh, friendship. Hey, like friendship. <laughs> <laughs> uh what is it like the an enemy of your enemy is it's your my friend. friend yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the same same type of shit but i don't know man like like i said there and there is like good place for cancel culture it's like Harvey Weinstein or Weinstein or whatever. Absolutely. Great. Cancel him. Yeah. There's fuck that some guy. great shit that but, comes out of this. But it but also goes. But I think goes, in general, in like, gen- yeah. y'all, we getting too whiny. Relax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like you said, it's just, just toughen up a little. Like we're, we're good. Like it's okay. It's like people make some, people make some mistakes. Like, yeah, it's like that might've been shitty, but they're a different person now. Like, well, that's like, we move I forward. Mean, I can be, as respectful as I can, but like with all these like um, like genders, when when people want to be referred to a specific gender or yeah. be referred to a specific title, if I don't know from the moment I meet you what you like to be called or how you would like to be referred, do not expect me to know what it is that you'd like me to refer you to, and then don't get mad at me if I get it wrong like the first time or two because Once, like yeah. Look, once I'm you're trying exactly <laughs> like, once you once they tell you and then you keep doing it it's like okay now now you're the shitty person but at the first meeting and then like right. you said i might mess up a few times because i personally i don't know anybody who doesn't inherently go by the gen by a different pronoun the gender, or something. Say, their biological yeah. gender yeah so i don't know anyone inherently like that so i know that if i did or when i do meet someone i might mess up like a few times and I'll take and yeah, shame on me for a few first few times, but I'll, I'll work at that. But if I kept doing it, like kind of on purpose, for sure. fuck me, for like sure. that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. At that point, but I mean, like I've heard stories or I've seen people that have gotten like totally ridiculed because they're like, oh, I like didn't refer to them in the right gender, and I'm like, well, did you know? And they're like, well, no, and I'm like, then how would you fucking know? And how would you? <laughs> how would <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Like, did they tell you? No. Okay, then how would you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. It's uh, eh, a little ridiculous at at times, but you move forward, you learn, you grow, and and that's the thing. Right. Um, how's your uh getting ripped twenty? You're getting ripped tonight. Twenty twenty one. Doing it. I've been doing are, it. Yeah. It's uh. Is are you still working with? Uh, I don't know his name. My Paul. Trainer, Paul. Yeah. Is it Paul? Shit. Yeah. Good job. Oh, yeah. Good job. We're almost at the end of our, our sessions. Okay. Uh, I think I had like twelve or thirteen left with him. Um. I don't know. We should be ending like right in the beginning of July, pretty much. Okay. How um, are you gonna continue on with him? Or are you gonna? No. Do no. No. Because I'm moving to to a new place, so um, I'll be at a new gym. So. Is there a gym in the place? Yeah, but it sucks. 
So I'm gonna, I, I mean, I wasn't even like looking for a place that had a gym like that because yeah. honestly, most gyms that are built into buildings are not like that big. Yeah, it's like not. more of a cardio thing, I would mm-hmm. say, is if you're like, oh, I'm gonna just go hit the elliptical or like, but like when it comes to weightlifting, like they don't have a real squat rack, they don't have like enough weights and, and stuff. Like, um, so I'll just be at the, I'm at export right now, they have an export that's near my new building, so I'll just be at the same or that now, but um, yeah, no, I just started uh, going six days a week two weeks ago, yeah, you um, said that. Wild. It's a wild lot man. more than four days a week. Like a lot more. <laughs> um, it's more sore, but also <laughs> like the main motivator between why I switched to six days a week is I wanted to like get more progress more quickly, and so like I just wanted to like see more happen. And the only way that really happens is if you just do more exercises of that. So like, I wanted to like, it's not going to happen, but I wanted to be able to like bench 200 by the time that I was done with my training. And that's like, definitely not going to happen. Cause I want to say my, my max out is like 150 right now. Um, But like, I want that to still happen for myself. So like I switched like to six days because now I can like bench twice a week. I can do mm-hmm. squats twice a week. I can do all like the main exercises that I want to increase up on yeah. twice a week instead of just once a week. And then your muscles are getting worked more often so they can grow quickly, more quickly or better. Um, you know, yeah. stuff like that. so that's what switched it up for me. Um, I think the most frustrating part of it has been like the, the realization of just how long this journey is um to get where i want to be um trust me it's never gonna end now that you're on it i know i know and then my trainer said the same thing he because uh he was like yeah and then you're gonna hit that goal and then you're gonna move the goalpost again and you're gonna say well now i want to do this and now i want to do this so now i want to do this um because i was like okay like you see these like transformation stories where people are like i got in a year like i went from like skinny fat to like ripped and like the likelihood of that happening is just so astronomically low mm-hmm. when you do it like the natural legitimate way yeah. that you should be building yep. everything um and so realistically like i came to the realization over this like last couple of months that like i probably have another like two to three bulking and cutting phases like mm-hmm. left before i even get to like where i truly want to look and be mm-hmm. Um, cause I thought like, oh, at the end of this personal training, like I'm going to be like, you know, ripped and in great shape and blah, blah, blah. And like, what I'll say is like happened is like a recomposition of my body. And that like, I was a little over 170 when I started working out, but like pretty skinny fat, like a mm-hmm. pretty fat. Um, and now I'm like a little over 170. So like my weight hasn't changed, but like a lot of the way that it's distributed has changed. Um, And so although, like, I don't, like, look that different, like, at first glance, like, I definitely feel different and look different in the mirror and stuff. And, like, you could just see certain things where it's like that. Like, my shoulders have widened out. I was going to say, your shoulders, (laughs) when I saw you this past weekend, it was, I noticed your shoulders. I didn't say anything because it, like, kind of dawned on me afterwards. I'm like, Bobby's shoulders were bigger. Like, when, when we hugged, I was like, you got, yeah. Shoulders widened out, chest has gotten bigger. It like doesn't look like boobs anymore. It's like like meat, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not like yeah, yeah, yeah. fat, <laughs> like you know, blah blah. And then um, I think what now I'm just trying to like thin out my like love handles and like the little pouch that you get because I've never fact, been able to do that. Fun fact: <laughs> it ain't about it ain't all about diet. 
because I did like that BMI thing where you like, I don't know, measured my BMI and I'm in like 12 and a half percent body fat, which is like pretty fucking low. Yeah. And most people you can start seeing abs at like 11, 12% body fat. Um, and then you go under 10 and you can really see them. But I was, I hit that and I don't have abs. And I asked my trainer, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I did the diet thing. Like, I'm where I should be. Yeah, yeah, and I don't have abs. He's like, well, it's not entirely about... I'm like, Paul, what the fuck? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like why am I been doing this then? Um, and uh, it's, like, way, way more about, like, toning that area. Like, so now, like, we've been, like, really upping all the ab work and stuff. Because um, he's like, well, yeah, you want to maintain, like, this level of fat. But, like... Basically, we have to work your abs until that fat moves into a different place. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, so yeah. I've been working on that a lot more to try to like get the, the V and the abs, but it takes a lot more than I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a long process. And ideally, I mean, it's never ending. Um, and... It's cool though. I, I like hell yeah, dude. I'm I'm glad to see that you're also doing like this too, because I think it's something. I remember you, you kind of talking about this maybe back in high when you were in high school. Mm-hmm. You were talking about getting on like a workout kick. Yeah. And, uh, and I, don't I, know. I tried and failed several times. Yeah. Several times. Yeah. But uh, I think honestly, it came from like turning 27. Um, like I turned 27 and I, <laughs> growing up, like throughout high school and stuff, I was like, your twenties, like, you're going to figure it out. Like you're going to, you know, get in shape and like, you're going to be like a fit 20 year old, 25 year old or whatever. And then I turned 26 and I was like getting fatter and like nothing was changing. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, so your twenties are like going to come to an end at some point. Yeah. Like, you're not doing any of the things. You're not doing the this, things. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. what you said you thought it was going to be. Um, so then when I turned 27, I was like three years left dude yep. three years until Figure this shit like out. are you gonna do it or not um and i was like maybe a week or two after i turned 27 i was like we're gonna go back into the gym and yeah. like it fucking sucked for the first month like yeah. i hated going i hated how i felt i hated how i felt while i was there i just like all this stuff and then eventually like it's just developed now where i'm like if i don't work out i feel bad and i feel like i didn't do what i should for the day mm-hmm. and like there was a, I just went through like a bad stint where I didn't work out for four days, like from the Memorial Day weekend, like mm-hmm. the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I didn't work out. And then I went for a training session on Thursday morning and I literally went up to my trainer. I was like, you need to shame me. Like you need to shame me. I didn't do any of the workouts. I also had food I wasn't supposed to eat. Like I'm actively working against my progress. Like you need to shame me. I'm, I feel so bad. Like and he was like, dude, you're fine. Like, yeah, people fall all, all the time. And yeah. I was like, no, no, Paul. <laughs> like you have no idea how much it took me to get here. So yeah. we can't regress. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, I get but, it. Yeah, it's been a a journey. And now that I'm like here, and I feel what being fit. Like I would say that I'm fit now. Like I don't look the way I want to look, but I would say that I'm like fit in that like i don't struggle going upstairs i don't breathe heavily <laughs> like there's like stuff that was really like yo you're 27 this should not be a thing Dude, um man. and stuff and like yeah i don't know like i feel like more i can do more whatever it, i now that i have i feel it fit feels like i'm like no nope, feel not fit because it just sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a real yeah it's a real thing and, and weirdly I, enough yeah. some consciously i was having dreams before and they stopped when i got in shape 
Um, but I was having these dreams where I would be stuck in sand and I couldn't get out. Like no matter how hard I tried, how much I would like try to push myself, I would always drown in the sand. And um, then I like got in shape and those dreams stopped. So I was like, is my body telling me like, yo, you're like dying. <laughs> like, like, I, yeah, dude, the subconscious <laughs> is, is a beautiful, I think that's, I've heard recently and I, I've been told this before, like your dreams are your subconscious talking to you because you can't really think about your subconscious. Right, it just right, absorbs right. everything. And then your dreams are how you interpret them. Um, so yeah, you probably were, you probably were like telling yourself like, Hey, get your fucking shit together and, <laughs> and get after it. Cause you, and you knew you, you, like you said, the fact that it's been an on and off thing for years, you knew it was something that well, you Well, I was to like do. oscillating. It's like, you can either decide that you want to be fat or you can get in shape. But like right now you're in between and it's weird because no one likes that. <laughs> and it's weird. <laughs> pick a side. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Like pick, pick a struggle. Like, don't do both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, the fat struggle. I mean, after the surgery that I had, I I got fat. And, like, I'm still working off the pounds that I gained um, after the surgery. But it's, dude. man, like you said, the stairs and, like, just go. I went for, like, a one-mile run for the first time after my leg surgery. And I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was terrible. Like, it was hilly. And I was like, ugh. Like, I was getting winded bringing the groceries back from the store, and it's, like, a block and a half. Yeah. And I was like, dude. Right. You gotta fucking figure this shit out. Yeah, yeah, Like, you know, blah, blah. So, yeah, now I've been way about it, and, you know, even if I don't want to do it, like, I was telling you before we started recording, like, yesterday I went at fucking 6 o'clock. Or did I tell you this before we started? No. I I don't know. I, I was just lazy all day yesterday, and I was like... Oh, yeah, you were saying you went to six. I was like, oh, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And then, like, around 5.45, I finally motivated myself to go. Yeah. And it was the absolute worst decision that I made in terms of, like, going to work out because it was so hectic and so bad. And I was like, this is why you don't go at this time. This is why you go in the morning when it's, like, chill and, and yep. whatnot. Or, like, middle of the day is the best. Midday is the best because people like, are doing shit. And it's right, like, right, I'm right, going right. to work out. But, yeah. like, 6 o'clock last night, I was, it was, like... I felt anxiety, like I need to get off this machine quickly, so so the next person uh, can come yeah. and do it, and like, no. and then there were just certain points that I like was waiting way too long for certain stuff, and I was like, I'm not even getting like a good workout in at this point because I'm like taking a ten minute break to wait for this machine to open up, you yeah, you know, and, and stuff like that, so you lose like some of your pump, you lose some of your like I don't know, and I was just yeah, like, you get, I mean for me. Great. I get a sweat going and I want to keep that sweat going through right. throughout the whole time. And if I take too long of a break, then it's like, all right, I guess I'm done. <laughs> like, right. Right. It's like, I, I was, well, I was that's what I something. ended up doing last night is I got through like seven. I usually do like 11 to 12 different exercises and mm-hmm. I got through like seven of them. And I was like waiting for this, like a barbell to open up to do two of them. And then I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not waiting for the barbell and I'm just going to go home. <laughs> Hey, but you got you got there. But I went That's, and did it. That you was, went and you did it. Yeah, that was That's, like the thing was like you still went and you still did some work, dude. That's so. that's the hardest part. Like, like there's so many days where I talk myself out of going to jujitsu and something, and I just like once I start driving, it's like it just get to your car. 
just get to your car and go. For me, it was and like put on the shorts. Just put on your gym shorts. Like right now, I'm dressed to go to the gym because I'm going to go to the gym after this. Um, yeah. And I wanted to make sure, but because I'm fully dressed, ready to go, like when we hang up, like I'm going to go. Because if yeah. I wasn't dressed like this, I would probably put on some Netflix and sit down. <laughs> get that. I get that. Um, like day? My favorite day. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about It's like because I don't really lift weights anymore. Um, I do like just because jujitsu is pretty much my my primary thing. I do like um in the mornings I have like a fifteen minute full body routine of like basically push ups back like with band stuff, um and then mm-hmm. like bands on my on my legs as well, um and then jujitsu at night. But I do I I have like a workout room set up in my basement and it's just a barbell with plates two 35 plates and two 55 pound plates and then a punching bag so it's like weird weird ass weird weight increments oh super weird but it it works because it's like i can deadlift like get a pretty Mm -hmm. good like uh, weight for deadlifting and with like 35 i had the 35s for a while and i was just like high reps just a lot of high rep Mm -hmm. like front squats deadlifts and just like so i'd just be like okay 100 reps of deadlifts 100 reps of front squats and just go <laughs> and, this, and like that would be the workout for the day and i'm like all right um and then like i don't have a bench down there or anything so it's like no real upper body i mean i can like do rows mm-hmm. and my basement my the it's too it's like low it's too, so yeah, i can't yeah. press above my head <laughs> so it's like i'm just in a weird place down there <laughs> but but it works <laughs> it works for a little bit hell yeah yeah hell yeah yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't work out at home or anything like that. I don't got anything. Well, I have some, like, lightweights. Yeah. <laughs> well, your studio apartment. <laughs> Occasionally, I will, like, just, like, while I'm, like, cooking dinner, I'll, like, just do, like, bicep curls or, like, some shit yeah. where I'm just, like, oh, why the fuck not? Like, uh-huh. I'm just uh-huh. standing here doing nothing anyways. Yeah. Um. Well, now it's become abs. Now I just do penguins all the time. Like, the side-to-side yeah. things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, like, my trainer was, like, to get rid of the love handles, like, it's all about, like, side app work. And I was like, okay, so all day we just penguin now. However <laughs> long we day. need to penguin until it's gone. Let me know. I think there's more more to it than just <laughs> penguin, penguining. But... <laughs> nope, this is it. <laughs> cool. Well, should we wrap this up? Probably should. I don't yeah. think anyone's gonna le- listen more than twenty minutes, but we'll give it two hours. After <laughs> after listening twenty minutes, they're gonna be like, "Fuck, this is dumb. <laughs> this is some dumb so shit." Dumb. Um, but but so where if people want to see like the music videos and shit that you've been um, doing, where where can they find that? You can go out to my Instagram and you can link like all the links around there, or um, which is what Robert at Robert Yannick Jr. All lowercase Y A N I K. Um, but uh you can go there you can see all the links there or um you can follow any of the people that like i linked in the descriptions of the videos and they have links in their bios too um those are the probably the most direct ways um otherwise you can just go to youtube and type in the song names but you need to know the song name first so <laughs> probably best to look at me first <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah and i'll and um i mean send me any links that you want i'll, I'll put it in the show notes for the podcast and everything but Cool, dude. Appreciate you. Cool, good shit. Only took us like four or five times to schedule this, but right? we did it. We did it. We're here. I think uh, next time, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking next time I want to get you and uh, Nico 
on this together, be, all three of us together. Yeah, yeah, it would be good. So, but cool. I appreciate you. We'll see each other, I'm sure, soon. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Good workout. Thank you very much, and I'll see you soon. See you. All right. Bye. Thank you to Robert for that enjoyable conversation. Remember to check out his work on Instagram at Robert Yannick Jr. That's Robert Y A N I K J R. Thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate each and every one of you. For more content and to stay up to date, follow along at Fresh Steeps on all social media. After some thought, I think I will be discontinuing the Urban Dictionary T word of the day. If you've been enjoying this segment, please reach out to me via Instagram and tell me what you've liked most about it. Otherwise, this will be the last one for now. And for potentially the last Urban Dictionary T-word of the day, today's T-word is Earl Grey. Earl Grey, a very delicious tea made from black tea leaves and oil of bergamot. Darren kicked back with a cup of Earl Grey to unwind. Number two, Earl Grey, a traveling magician that invented tea. He traveled to a small indigenous village where the people smoked the leaves from a local tree. Earl Grey turned up at the village on a rainbow stallion and showed the people his magical skills. He also showed them that it was better to add the leaves they smoked to hot water to create a relaxing, warm beverage. This was the first time tea was consumed by a person. Wow. Thank you for making this tea for us, Earl Grey, you magical being. Number three, Earl Grey. Earl Grey, verb, lounge. While dressed in sweats, pajamas, dancewear, costumes, drinking Earl Grey tea in a warm, comfortable environment. I am too tired to go out. Can't we just have an Earl Grey night? I had an Earl Grey day. This dinner sucks. We should have just Earl Grey'd. Amazing. Number four, Earl Grey, when a senior or a man or any man with gray pubic hair gives another person a tea bag. Old man Buck gave Christina an Earl Grey. Number five, <sighs> the sexual act of urinating into your partner's mouth, then dipping your scrotum into their mouth full of urine. Ugh. Want to have some Earl Grey? Bladder's full. And number six, Earl Grey, teabagging for all the over 50s. How about a lovely bit of Earl Grey as a retirement gift, Martha? And there it is. Potentially the last Urban Dictionary T word of the day, Earl Grey. Took a very drastic turn from as we read through those, but I love it. Uh, thank you again so much for tuning in today. Uh, if you do, if you have been enjoying this segment, the Urban Dictionary T word, um, please let me know, and uh, I'll potentially keep going with it. But otherwise, that's it. And uh, just thank you again. Stay tuned for more Amigos podcast. Have a great. Day.